gentlemen, welcome to the Ride Boundless Podcast. I have Mr. Eric here, Josh, appreciate it. Daniel, can you hear us loud and clear? I hear you. Damn, if you only know how good you sound right now, like on the fucking mic. Let's Outstanding. Trade. Let's, trade. <laughs> Let's trade places. So we're going to have you guys switch as the you know story unfolds so we get everybody's point of view and, and story. Uh, Eric, where are you from? How would you get into bikes? And what are you doing here? I'm pretty much from the Valley. Grew up, raised in the and Valley. Pull the mic close. Yeah. Sorry, I apologize. You're good. Grew up and raised in the Valley. Um, I started off with bikes. I got very lucky. Uh, best friend of mine, his family grew up with old cars, motorcycles, a Honda, um, Dream, I think it was a 68, and we started working on that. And then he had the Taco Mini Motorcycles, and we just had fun. And I, I do remember this. It's almost like the video you always see, the little kid that's riding in just, like, the green grass, and there's one tree. I was that kid that ran into the tree. Nice. I didn't turn or anything. Didn't nice. turn, and everyone's just like, jumped yelling. on, like, ah! Yeah, and you kept going, going, turn, 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 boom, and fell off. But I fell in love with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking amazing. What about you, Josh? How'd you get into bikes? Well, I... You're from Santa Monica. Yeah, born and raised in Los Angeles. Fucking A. And uh, one of my friends had an old Honda XL something or other. And when his dad was away, we'd bring it out and spend a half hour trying to kickstart it. And I... I, You would steal his his bike. You would steal his dad's bike. Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I stole everything back then. Damn right. Um... Where's my wallet? <laughs> my I mean, where's parents. my beer? <laughs> so, yeah, we, so I, I kind of learned and I did the exact same situation as Eric here. I almost ran into the curb, but I actually made it. And I remember popping the clutch and flying off the back of the bike. And that was my first introduction to bikes. And then sometime around uh, when I was 17 or 18, I bought my first bike and hit it from my parents around yeah. the corner. You know, and, and I just felt at a in, friend's house, you know, like, yeah, I think I just hit it up the street. Or oh, something. nice. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's when I just fell in love with it. And ever since then, I've always had a bike. Nice. Know, or two or three. Daniel. Uh, I'm originally from Portland, Oregon. Uh, you know, I started out when I was a teenager being really big into mountain biking and building mountain bikes. Uh, my parents were pretty anti motorcycle. Um and I had a good buddy who had a little Yamaha YZ50, a uh, little like mini crotch rocket bike. And that was kind of like the first time I barely learned to uh, ride on it. And then I didn't ride for years. And then I moved to LA at 19 and uh, became really good friends with this uh, buddy of mine, Hakim. I call him Dream Team, this North African French dude. And he was big into motorcycles and he had a Triumph Speed Triple. And... Uh, so I started off learning to ride with him. I remember going through Baldwin Hills on the back of his speed triple. And we were doing 130 through the curves, like fucking Whoa. crazy shit. And uh, I fell in love with it. He kind of taught me to ride. I took the rider trading course. And my first bike I bought was a Triumph Daytona. That was my first brand new bike. And um, I've had quite a few bikes over the years. Now I'm, I have three uh, Harley Dinas. I like building custom Harleys. That's kind of my thing these days. So I'm more of a cruiser guy than anything. And I do commercial motorcycle work for different motorcycle companies and stuff like that. And um, I try to keep up two wheels as much as I can. That's fucking awesome, man. Yeah. Right on. This is the first time I've had four people on on, on the podcast. It's pretty pretty intense and, and awesome and 
you know what is it about motorcycles that we crash and fuck up and we're like yeah this is for us like, like, like what is it? It's it, an it, existential crisis. It, 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 yeah, is is it a crisis? Is there fucking uh, wires twisting in our brains? Or you just want to feel something? Because yeah. it, it makes no fucking sense. I mean, I guarantee you, in in ten more years when we're older, we'll be like, what the fuck? Like we, you crashed and you wanted more of it? Like it makes oh, no sense. Yeah, I, I can totally testify. Like during the pandemic, I remember I went down on the four or five freeway, and literally the very next day, I hit up my friend Kevin that owns Moto Chop Shop. And I was like, can I get a bike? Can I, can I get a loaner for a little bit? He's like, you just went down. I was like, yeah, but I still need to get to work. I need a bike. And it has to be a bike, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, a car. Yeah. there's those of us that get back on the horse and then those that get scared away that never do. Because there's plenty of people that have one scary incident and they're like, I'll never do that again. Done, yeah. Yeah, those are the smart ones. Yeah, cheers to being idiots. I I did that with uh when when I was like eighteen nineteen. I bought a brand new Mustang, uh, and that time it was new. And I bought I couldn't afford rims, you know, like because I wanted the Cobra rims. And some you know this guy at a tire shop's like, look, I have the Cobra rims, but the tires are fucking done. Like you need new tires. I was like, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Let me. <laughs> I, I just want the rims on it. Anyways, long story short, I'm in the I'm in Santa Cruz. And uh, I'm going. I'm going towards the 17, and then the 17 is what connects Santa Cruz to San Jose. It's a fucking windy road, and it started raining. Fucking tired. Anyways, I had like the gnarliest fucking crash. It was terrible. Uh, next day, I asked my buddy, "Let me borrow his Porsche," and fucking just drove it as fast as I could, just to make sure that fear wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to test myself. Yeah, you know. But anyways, why the fuck do we do this shit? It's, a, it's <laughs> important, man. Do- I think it's it's. It's facing your mortality. I mean, I think we all have those times where we know we have, like, for me, I have three bikes and no cars at the moment, um, just because I was never driving my car. And I'm just but kinda, you have three of the same bikes. Almost. They're, so they're, fucking they're wild, all, bro. They're yeah, all I get a low rider or fucking. Yeah, well, one of them's a wide glide. Right. So it's it's like a cruiser. The other's a street bob. So it's like it dips and it it's has a different fucking bike, bro. <laughs> and I have a, and a fat bob that is, is, is a bob. And they're all black. And they, yeah. yeah, they're they're all the OG Dinas, you know? So yeah, yeah. just different gas tanks and, and rakes, mm-hmm. forks and rakes. Yeah. Pretty much. That's yeah. it. But they, they make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. what counts. But what I was going to say is we have those times, you know, when you're a commuter and in LA, you know, you got a lot of traffic and stuff. I think it's natural and normal that we have moments where, I don't know about you guys, but you're like, I don't know if I should ride right now today. Or you kind of delay going out on the bike because you just get a gut, a feeling like an instinct that says maybe I shouldn't. But then ultimately we kind of do and we get over it or whatnot. And I think that's the difference between us and a lot of other people is, is we, we take it very seriously. We, we have a healthy dose of fear, but then we also have a thing like, I got to conquer this fear. Like, fuck that. Like yeah. For, for, for me, it's exactly what you're saying. The, the only way that the only difference in the thing that I describe it is many fucking times, many times I'm walking towards the bike and I'm like, why am I jumping on my fucking bike? Like, this is dumb. I, I rode all fucking week. I rode a long week, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about when I throw the leg over the bike, once I start it, that fear goes away. Instantly. Instantly. But if I'm sitting here and I'm not even next to my bike, it crosses my mind. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Totally. This is so dumb. Why, why, why am I doing this? Well, and you have a child now. Oh, I, I've, 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 I have two child. I have a 13. A th- oh. I have almost a 14-year-old, and I have a three-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. And the three-and-a-half-year-old is like, Papa, uh, take me to school on the bike, Papa. 
Papa, I want the black bike. Papa. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I can't take you on the fucking bike. You, you, there's never been a fear of like, oh, something happens to me, my kid. I have I, That has never crossed my mind. It's, it's, it's weird how that... It's weird that's Cognitive never distance. been the reason. Yeah. That has... My, my boy is five, and every once in a while it crosses my mind that any time I Well, go now out, you're talking about it. I'm fucked now. I'm not talking about this every day. But go ahead. But it yeah, crosses your it, mind? It does cross my... Before, it was like, fuck it, do whatever I want. I used yeah. to ride around drunk and have fun doing it. And now I think differently. Yeah. But, you know, I've got no, a good life. I look at you growing it's, up. It's your first boy? Yes, it's your first kid. First and last, yeah, one is enough. Yeah, so w- when I had when I had my son, he's going to be fourteen in April. When when I had him, I was working for uh, I don't know if you guys remember the Van Nuys Harley Davidson dealer before they moved to Santa Clarita. So they they were there for forty eight years. It was a pretty cool spot. It was just a hole in the wall, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, that story was they were going to move to Castaic and they bought a property there. But they found some fucking insect, and the city wouldn't allow them to construct the the, the new dealership. And th- that was a new owner, and the person that owned the property says, hey, I just sold the property. You guys got to kick rocks. So Santa Clarita uh, was an emergency move. That's why it's not off the freeway. Mm-hmm. So if, you know, by, lo- by, by requirement of a Harley-Davidson dealership, you need to be off a of freeway now. You know, and oh, that's wow. why Santa Clarita's like they made that exception because it was an emergency move. They were supposed to be in Castaic, and that's a, a branding thing that they do. That's a branding thing because they want to make sure you the see sign, them every time. Yeah, you see it. The sign. Yeah. It's good for advertisement. It's good for people for test rides. You know, many things. Anyways, my point is when my son was born. Uh, actually, it's a great story. When my son was born, I had a uh, I had a road glide, and this was 2008. You know, road glides weren't that cool in 2008 because they had the big windshields, clockwork. Nobody was making oh, smaller shields. They're cool now. Well, <laughs> covered in chrome. <laughs> they look fucking sexy. I don't, they're not that functional, but they're fucking sexy. I'll say that. That's messing with you. So I had a road glide, and Kevin James walks into the dealership. All right, Kings of Queens, uh, Mall Cop. He walks into the dealership and he's like, yeah, man, I got my tour bus. Uh, I'm going to ride my Dyna Fat Boy to Boston. And I was like, on your fucking Dyna? He's like, yeah, 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 my Dyna. I go, dude, you need like a bike like this. And I, I, I already had fixed up and Clockworks had sent me the shorter shield. I already did some customization. He goes, yeah, that, that's, that's fucking awesome. You know, I want that. And I was like, well, we can order that. But that's my bike. And my son's going to be born in two days. And if I don't have a bike when my son's born, I, my wife's not going to allow me to buy a bike after I have a kid. <laughs> I, I, I know, you know, like, like this I is where the story logic. all ties <laughs> in, right? Yeah, because if I have the bike when he's born, it's like, what do you want me to do? Sell it? You're mean. Yeah. You fucking... Be- no, but if I don't have it, I have no justification. Anyways, long story short, uh, he wants to buy my bike. He stays at the dealership for three or four hours. A buddy of mine, he's a comedian now, Dean Del Rey. We were working together. He walks up to me. I'm in the bike 17,000. Dean's like, he'll cut you a check for 30 grand. I was like, goodbye. Here you go. Uh, Here you go. Here's the keys. Fucking sold it. I was looking for a bike. Within 48 hours, Dean found me a FXDXT, like a fucking gangster. The uh, mm-hmm. 2003 Gunmetal Blue Anniversary Edition. Some attorney bought it at Glendale. Did all PM fucking performance shit. Anyways, I paid the guy cash, got my fucking bike, had my son, and I've always had a bike. With and never told your on. wife. And never told my wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, honey, that's the story. Moral of the story. <laughs> moral of the story, yeah. No, the moral of the story is you got to have a bike before your, your child's born. That's, how, many, that's how many miles were on that FX DXT? When I got it, it only had 7,500. 
nice. Yeah. Well, think about it. It was a 2003 anniversary edition. I'm talking about 2009. So it wasn't, you know, it was like seven, eight years. With the FXDXT fairing and the bags. And the bags. First thing I did was sell the bags on eBay back then. They gave me 2,500. No, that's when it was hot. That's a good deal. That's when it was fucking hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, on eBay back then, back in the days. Um, Okay. Anyways, Eric, what's going on in your life, man? Uh, you, you, you got a, a book mm-hmm. that you've started and, and you invited these wonderful individuals because they're part of your book. Yes. Uh, break that down to us, man. So um, it's funny. I used to be in the bar industry for 12 years and then I switched over to medical and uh, medical science. But I always had a passion for um, the food restaurant um, industry. And it's the one thing I always learned as being a bartender, I would trade drinks with the cooks to get the most amazing food. Nice. I, I remember once in San Diego, Bankers Hill Bar and Restaurant, I got all the guys, like 24 beers. I got home and I had um, rabbit linguine. Ooh. Who gets that? Yeah, you. Like for free. Right. For free. All I did is trade beer, you know. And then I started asking questions, just like I did as a bartender. I started asking, like, how do you make it? How do you prepare it? Like, what, what's the process, this and that? And then I started falling in love with it, especially working under an amazing chef in San Diego. And he um, owned a fine dining restaurant, and his plating was like artwork. And I was like, oh, I love art. I love to paint, stuff like that. I, can I do the same thing? So I started doing it at home, just with, you know, some fried eggs here and there. And then um, I did an R&D about... I want to say six, seven months ago with a place in downtown. And we were talking about cocktails. I'm out of the business, but the R and D caught me like, it just caught me off guard for a second. I was like, all right, cool. I'll do it. And then I was driving back home and I was on the 10 freeway and this spark clicked. I was like, what if I just write a cookbook? Wait, what if it's a motorcycle cookbook? And then I made a phone call. And then I made a phone call to a friend of mine that rides. I was like, Hey, if I wrote a cookbook, because I, I try to make food for like friends, my partners or whoever I'm you know, with, and they always, like I take pictures too, and they always go, you should be a chef. I was like, no, I just don't want to do that. It's not my yeah. passion. I love to do it, but I love medical more. So and Medical pays more. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, medical science, yes, absolutely. Yeah. But um, so I started to- uh, talking to him on, you know, on the freeway, and he's like, dude, you should do it. We'll invest in you as well. I was like, okay so then at the time I called my partner and I asked her like what do you think about this and she's like that's an amazing idea like you are very creative you love to build stuff and you love to make food go with both of those you love motorcycles you know the motorcycle community I've been very lucky to know um, Joshua for several years through the motorcycle community uh, motor chop shop you know I knew I knew about bike shed before bike shed was even around when wow. it was just an empty building. And I got very lucky with um, Jenna from Stella Moto and Tina from Indian. We did a photo shoot and we stopped off, stopped off in downtown. And they're like, you see that building right there? And it was all fenced off. And we climbed it. And we looked over. And she's like, that's going to be bike shed one day. That was Crazy. four or five years ago. Yeah, at least. They've been working on that for a while. Well, yeah. And then the pandemic and stuff like that. But um, so... I decided with this cookbook, I don't want it just to be my recipes. I, I started making phone calls and texts to, you know, several friends of mine that are very close. And I said, hey, 
Do you have a recipe, a family recipe, something you'd love to make for, you know, your friends, your family, and so on? Can I have it for the cookbook? I'm going to give you recognition. It's all about you. It's not me stealing your recipe. It's your page. But you're um, really going to steal it, right? <laughs> I'll tweak it and go, like, okay, yeah, that's yeah. mine. Is there a contract? No, 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 don't worry. You know, yeah. no, I'm kidding. Yeah. That's, all, that's fucking genius. Yeah. So what I always told them is like, this page is going to be, you know, ingredients, instructions. This page is dedicated to you. You cooking, you on the motorcycle. I want to see, I, I'm sorry, I want other people to see bikers in a different shade. We're not yeah. just the, I, I hate to say it because I don't cuss that much, but I hate to be that asshole that freaking, I split lanes, you're cussing me out because you're in your freaking box, and I can get there faster than you, but we're real people. I mean, some of these guys are doctors. I got a professional um, uh, chef. I got a celebrity chef. I've got a singer. I've got an actor in this. I've got a food blogger. I've got a gentleman that his... Uh, family owns a pepper company that's the community we all stick together like that's what i wanted to share with them as well yeah that's that, that's so great now to talk about the book like I, I, my first question is is it a book of just ingredients and then a story of who did it or is there like going to be storytelling or is it you know or is it just like a you know like, what, what does a cookbook consist of? Like, how, how do you visualize it? And how are you building it out? So I want it to be a story. Yeah. Like, literally from the first page all the way to, I can somewhat show, like, my, sorry, my introduction and everything. And my thanking Thank you, all the writers, letting them know I appreciate them, to one of the first parts of the book is, it's called, like, garage door. Like, when you go to a shop, that's the first thing you see is a garage door. Yeah. And then you open it up, the appetizer, it's your gloves, it's your helmet. It's the first thing. Just imagine you're taking a snack. That's the first thing you touch. Right. You know? So I want it to be a story. I'm, that's why I'm, I'm not going to release it until next year because I want to go as many bike events where, like, I can take photographs. Yeah. I want it to be a real family story of when I see Joshua at an event for Halloween I'm taking pictures. These guys always know. I'm walking around with my iPhone, and I'm taking pictures. And I bet they think I'm some crazy guy taking pictures, but it's stuff for my book. Like, hopefully the California's going to come back. Hopefully the Nowhere show is going to come back. It's for nothing else, guys. Nothing else. It's just for his book. Oh, yeah. yeah. It absolutely is. <laughs> yeah. And, like, all these events, like Rolling Sands, um, and then uh, DGR. DGR is, like, super, super, like, meaningful to me because i've been their medic for the past six years i want to showcase them and like i want to oh like, it's november too i'm sorry yeah it's november right now november yeah, yeah. we gotta do i that. actually i have uh alex from november yeah. he's gonna be in the book yeah so i have a page dedicated to them as well i want people to see where these guys are just having a conversation having a beer you know laughing just randomly oh these are real people these they're family you know like Yes, we can separate and like you'll take the four or five, I'll take the one and one split off. But at the same time, we'll text each other at the end of the night. You get home safe? Yes. Me too. Thank you. The motorcycle community is amazing like that in terms of like a bunch of burly dudes who at the end of the day really kind of care about each other and everybody's well being and see a guy at the side of the road and he's got his hazards on or checking, you know, it's always a thumbs up. Are you okay? Are you good? If there's an accident, we all stop. Mm -hmm. Uh there's there's a really special mature community 
amongst bikers that we get a bad rep and we, like like how you're doing your cookbook we can also be domesticated and foodies and um kind of into the finer finer things in life and be educated and not just what the stereotype is and i so i appreciate the what you're doing there yeah and and, and it's interesting because in this biker community it's like you know it's like whatever five percent that are assholes you know like fucking the guys, like, so for example, 1%. well, there's no, there's one percenters, <laughs> yeah. but, but we can all be assholes. But the general population, like, you know, like when bike shit has an event, they're like, Hey guys, it's, you know, after eight, can, can you like not just rev your fucking engine just for the fuck of it? And everybody's like, okay. So there's a little bit of an asshole of us, but it's funny how each category, and I'm just bringing this up. I don't want to get too into it, but it's interesting how each category of motorcycle, you know, like street bikes have their assholes, oh, and the yeah. adventure bike guys have their assholes, and then the Harley guys have their assholes, and it's just It's mostly assholes. just, though. Like, for an asshole, it's probably because you did something wrong. Like, you cut us off or driving like a jerk, yeah. and we're letting you know, except for the ones that are just being loud and obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now now I'm at a point where I just avoid so much shit. Like like my, my new thing is when I'm on the number one lane, if I'm splitting lanes and this guy just kind of just even even if it's by accident, just kind of leans in or he's I don't know if he's on his phone, I don't know if he's doing it intentional, I don't know what the fuck, I just go off the left side. I just go okay, just go around. I, I just go on the wing. I, I don't give a fuck. I'm like, "No, nah, I don't want to fuck with you, bro." Just Pass yeah. as fast as I can. I've noticed, I've been riding for, I don't know, 30 plus years around Los Angeles. How and old are you, bro? I think you're like 20. I'm 52. <laughs> you look great, man. Thank you, thank you. Um, I've noticed that drivers seem to be a lot more polite these days. In California. In California, yeah, because they're used to people splitting lanes. When I was younger riding, I, I actually had people pull in front of me intentionally. Mm -hmm. Do that crap. But nowadays... You know, they move to the left or the them. right. They move out of the way. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing that I noticed. If if you are splitting lanes at a consistent speed, people will move the fuck out of the way. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're splitting lanes at a slower speed and they kind of see you, they're like, oh, bike's coming. Let me move out of the way. And then they're like, fuck this bike. And then they, they, they kind of get like a little confidence. I've noticed that when I'm slower, I get a little bit more, you know, bullshit. But if I'm, if I'm consistent, they're like, oh, fuck, bike. You know. I just try and go at, at, at a speed that allows me to be predictable so they can mm -hmm. see right. my headlight consistent. or that's, hear my exhaust. That's what I mean. Mm -hmm. Like a consistent speed that you're not like, you know, because you know how some people get between two cars and they kind of like slow down between mm -hmm. the two cars and then they go. It's like you're, you're, you're being unpredictable. So right. I guess that's a better word. You, you got to, when I write predictable, they're out of the way. Yeah. You know? yeah. Another, another thing I noticed too, and actually I had this thought today is, you know, you go and you have cars that get too close and different things and we're quick to, you know, maybe flip them the bird or let them know, scoot over. But another thing that's important that I think a lot of us do now as well is when somebody does give us the right of way or pull over a little bit, we give them the peace sign. We use positive yeah. encouragement, just like in psychology that you, you know, do positive affirmations and different things are equally as powerful. Deal. And I talk to like people who are not writers and they're always stoked with when they like... Oh, a biker gave me the peace sign today. Like yeah. I'm on the team. Like they feel good they about excited about that. about, about us yeah. encouraging the good stuff that they do. So we don't just have to punish or you know show them when they're fucking up, but we also have to you know give them give them the peace sign every now and again. And that actually really works. And no, it, it absolutely does because I remember I dated a girl. We were on our first date, and she never rode, but she said 
that every time she saw a biker, she would always move over and she appreciated when she got the peace sign. Acknowledgement. We all yes. just want to be acknowledged, mm-hmm. you know, and an interesting thing that I've noticed in this last year, the best or most considerate drivers are UPS and FedEx trucks that are on the freeway when you're splitting lanes. I don't know how it is and why it is, but they, I feel like they always see me coming and they always pull over and they're the most like conscientious drivers and they're in these big giant trucks and I've, I'm, and now I've just noticed a pattern of it and I don't know if they're instructed to do that or well, what. Well, I, I think they're instructed to do it because if you talk to any motorcycle attorney, they're like, dude, if you're going to get into an accident, make sure it's an <laughs> Amazon truck or a fucking, you know, a FedEx truck or an Uber with an active passenger driving that, that's okay, man. You know? I, I haven't I haven't heard that, I'll, but, I'll but that something mind. to keep in mind. Yeah, one hundred percent. So if you're like, I'm gonna eat shit. Oh wait, that's not a fucking. Like, it makes uh, a difference. You know what you got to look out for? Um, the uh, buses, the Van Nuys ones that go to LAX. They are so on point. Every time I'm rolling up, they're like, oh, oh okay, thank you. Like even before I start rolling up, they see me. I was like, dude, all right, awesome, and then I can speed up even faster. Yeah, always on point. Yeah, no, no, they're 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 pretty good. They're on, they're on top of. They're their professional story. drivers. They're pro. Oh, yeah. They're pro. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 yeah they, they they deserve to do those fucking jobs. <laughs> is the like? I mean, you kind of touch base on this, mm-hmm. but is the book only for motorcycle riders? What if what if you're a skateboard rider? Okay, or? so um, no, this book is open to everybody. Like, and what makes it a motorcycle? A book because it, it, is it like you could travel and there's gonna be recipes that you travel on the like you know so yes definitely there's so gonna be a everybody. chapter that like some writers I hit up they're like hey I don't really cook that much but when I'm on the road this is what I make um, Daniel actually uh, is gonna make a recipe that's on the road with his pepper company and I appreciate that because not everyone's you know at home cooking this and that but if you're on the road and you can throw a couple things in your backpack but you're gonna have an amazing meal. And you make someone else's day, like sharing that meal. That's what I want. Um, pretty much going to what you were saying. No, I want this to be an open book to everybody. Like, I want to share everybody's story, everybody's recipe. It could be a family thing, something you can make at home. But at the same time, um, pretty much, I just I want it to be just open. But it yeah. comes from motorcyclists. Yeah, the the, That's my the content is driven from. The motorcycle community. Yeah. So my main thing with this book, the first one, is because I have a plan for three books. Yeah. One is uh, the first one, SoCal. Second one's going to be Nationwide. And then the third one, I'm very lucky to know people all over the world that ride motorcycles to be worldwide. So pretty much um, everyone in this book has to be a rider. Pretty much my assistant, my partner, to even the people that are giving me recipes have to be writers. My photographers are writers. My ghost writer, she's a writer. Yeah. I, awesome. I want to keep it in the family. By the uh, way, I'm going to be very disappointed if there's not at least one recipe where it's something you wrap in foil and cook on the headers or exhaust yes. of the bike. I know. I think it might you. be pretty cool. Like, I didn't think about that. Oh, yeah. That's, oh, yeah. that's, that's a thing. There's, there's, that's, there's, a motor, that's an yeah. old school motorcycle thing. Well, yeah. I, I've done it in like old school cars because my first car was a 68 Cougar yeah. with a, you know, 302 in it. And we definitely like, you know. Yeah, wrap, wrap some fucking yeah, foil. Absolutely. Put it in there. So there's got to be those I recipes. I actually know a writer that I could like pass it off to and I bet he'll do it. Oh, yeah. 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 Something simple, I'm sure. But it's cool. You? No, I, I'd love to do it. I'd probably end up ruining one of my bikes because it would, the foil would leak, and then I'd have 
juice from a steak all over my engine block. <laughs> that, that would be great. But yeah, hey, it seasoned. Good. It's a, it's yeah, a, there you go. It's, it's a yeah. seasoned cast aluminum engine. Yeah, they're gonna be like, whose fucking dirty meat is that? Smell? <laughs> <laughs> like well, would you run over? I yeah. want to k- piggyback a little bit on what Eric was saying, and and you know the way that his books kind of inspired me when he asked me to, you know, be a part of it, and I have the Mama Lil's pickled peppers, our our pepper brand. Um, that we sell pretty much at a lot, ton of grocery stores. We sell at Costco. We sell at uh, Whole Foods in the Northwest. We'll be at Gilson's here in Southern California and stuff like that. But I was trying to think of like, oh, what would be like a motorcycle recipe or, you know, and I was really kind of brainstorming with, you know, our team, um, which is based out of Portland, Oregon, of like, what, what would we put in a motorcycle cookbook? And what I really, the one magical thing about our product is, it really is good on everything. You can cook it with your eggs in the morning. It's good on, like, I love French bread with a little bit of goat cheese and peppers. It's great on sandwiches. A lot of pizza shops and delis carry it and whatnot. And so as I was trying to develop or think of a recipe, I was thinking it's kind of like a gourmet Swiss army knife of food, of, like, condiments. And, yeah. uh, you know, the spicy trend these days, everybody carries hot sauce with them and different things like that. And I was thinking... Our product that I think what I want to do in this cookbook is kind of like if you take, unfortunately it's in glass, but if you can protect it and put it in your bag, but if you have a glass, a jar of our peppers, you can go to the store and buy a avocado and make the most gourmet guacamole ever. Oh yeah. Or if you're camping, you bring it on and when you cook your eggs in the morning or whatever your meal is, you add the peppers and one of our things is we say cheesy and silly but we say the peppertunities are endless the or makes the ordinary <laughs> oh, I, got, I got i got i got some laughing or it makes the ordinary extraordinary it really is because yeah. they're these pickled peppers that are in a garlic olive oil yeah and it really does make everything amazing i hope you guys uh, get to try them soon um yeah we can we can't but wait. i but i i can i open this yeah you may yeah of course i can smell it yeah smell actually, it taste it that is um, that jar I'm actually using tomorrow. Did you smell it? Later tonight, I'm going to put it in my chili that I'm making for my <laughs> chili cook-off uh, tomorrow at, uh, <laughs> at uh, Harley-Davidson in Los Angeles. At Harley-Davidson yeah. in Los Angeles? Yeah, yeah. I'm in the cook-off so they're, over there. So they're a pickled pepper, and then they're in a... <laughs> that we make... We, we have a few other products. We do pickled asparagus, pickled green beans. Some mustard. Uh, uh, Pickled pepper in a brine, a mustard pickle relish, and uh, bread and butter pickles and peppers. But our main product is that. And um, yeah, I'm excited that you're going to be putting it in um, your your chili. Did you get a little pepper in your nose? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Well, you don't have COVID, so. No, no, I was that, just testing. I was like, let me see like if you get to me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but I'm excited to, you know, I think it'd be a really cool thing for, you know, uh, motorcyclists and people who are on the road a lot this is going to be huge you can carry it and 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 add it to everything so it's going to be huge because you know being around motorcycles for so long when you think about like motorcycles and food you think burgers hot dogs and like chili like that's it you know and to see like pickled peppers and Uh fucking you know people talking about tomahawks (laughs) and different stuff like it's it's but you stop at a store and get a sandwich and you have this plain, boring fucking turkey sandwich, hungry, and you put our peppers on it, and all of a sudden it's this fucking crazy, flavorful 
shitty grocery or gas station sandwich all of a sudden. Oh yeah, just a, a little extra touch. It's like just that. it's okay. one of those things where you go get a slice of pizza, you stop and get a slice of pizza, you put the peppers on it, and all of a sudden that slice of pizza is, is ten times yeah. better than the cheap whatever. Um, so it's it's it was it's a cool product, and it took learning about what he was doing to kind of think like, oh, this is a great format for for a cross promotional type thing and um and for the love of food and for the love of motorcycles yeah that's that's pretty much how that's i amazing. want the community to be like we're already like very close-knit like we can call each other it's so funny because like josh um i would hit him up anytime like hey i'm in santa monica what's a good food spot to hit because he that's what he does um he knows every good food spot and i'll be in like maybe santa monica venice or somewhere random i'm like what do you think about like this place? Where can I eat here? This and that. And he's one of the first people I hit up first because literally I love his videos. Um, I, I call his son monster cause he's the cutest little kid <laughs> on the planet. Literally the cutest little guy on the planet. It's just a little nugget. And, um, yeah. Oh my God. Adorable. You, those eyes. See his, yeah. every, those eyes. Are you kidding me? Every girl I've ever dated, like I've show, the picture and they're like oh he's gonna be a heartbreaker yeah. Like, yeah oh yeah. for sure look at that proud dad right there yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right but what i appreciate is his artwork on how he talks about food how he shows it off he's invited me out and like totally fed me like till i was stuffed and i was like i gotta ask this guy to be not only in the book but when you agreed that i could be on this he's one of the first people i asked like you, you have to, to be on yeah you have to be on this with me as well well, I'm, I'm very honored to have all of you guys here. Like, this is awesome. And I can't wait for this to be executed and, and done. Josh, what wh what are these videos and uh, these food things that you're so involved in that you do? And what's your background? And Well, I'm born and raised in L.A. And one of the reasons I do this is because I have a motorcycle. Um, like you said, most motorcyclists, you think of hot dogs or burgers and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, having a motorcycle allows me to travel around Los Angeles. Flexibility. Yeah, unimpeded. And it's it's easy to get to all this great food. So yeah. I'm not stuck with burgers and hot dogs all right. the time. And, uh, well, I've just, I love eating, obviously. And um, I've had bikes since probably I was like 18 years old. And it's just fun. And we put it together. At some point, I learned about Instagram and I started posting. And What's like, that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, people actually give a shit what I'm eating. So I started getting more into it and started creating videos. And it just kind of grew from there. So now I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And they're all growing steadily. And it, it, isn't, it, isn't it amazing? And, and again, ju just because you, you did mention your age, isn't it amazing like the opportunities now versus opportunities back then? what we're doing now like it, it's just it's just fucking crazy man this, oh, this, yeah. this social media and this posting i i heard a comedian or, or somebody talking about they were like if you go back 20 years ago or 25 years ago and there was a girl or a guy and and they took a million pictures of themselves and their food they <laughs> ate and, and, and and yeah and you're and they're showing it to you in a photo book like oh look at my photos you'd be like are you fucking crazy yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. the fuck did you just you, yeah. you took a hundred pictures today like look at my food yeah Here's my like, lunch. but the look ability at selfie is selfie selfie you know like <laughs> what's going on but like now it's 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 a legit business and it's an operation and and 
the amount of people that are affected and, and touched by these images or these stories or these videos, like you're, you're really changing people's minds and, you know, uh, health wise, like, like health for me, December, I started, I just got, I really got into, it. I started watching so many posts, but it, it changes. It's, it's a beautiful thing. But, and also the ability to one to self promote and to also self produce and get your stuff out there and to be seen without having to, you know, technology's cheaper uh, in terms of recording ourselves with quality and not relying upon somebody else to put it out there and distribute it. We can all be kind of our own own boss in a sense to do that. And hopefully the quality content, you know, cr- cream rises to the top. Yeah. You know, we, there's always going to be a lot of the, you know, vanity, narcissistic stuff out there as well. Always. But there's, a, but there's also a, a great opportunity for you for all of us to really kind of show what our perspective is on the world and get it out there and have people see it. It, it. It's so important that, that if you start looking at where we're heading with artificial intelligence and self-driving cars and planes and drones and all this stuff, there's not going to be a lot of necessity for, for work, for employees, you know, and, and what's going to be the number one thing, sorry about that, what's going to be the number one mover is, is, is going to be creative fields, you know, content creators, comedians, uh, fucking actors, TVs, these shows. That's what the world's going to be like 100% about in the next 10 years. Because everybody's just staring at their phone all day. and you well, gotta give Robots are doing the physical labor. Well, yeah. well here, I, I don't know if you guys heard the statistic, but there's a statistic saying men from the age of 18 to 55 years old, more than 70%, more than 60% of them drive as a profession. So we're talking about truck drivers. We're talking about delivery drivers, FedEx drivers, Amazon drivers, Uber drivers. When you have self-driving cars, that's gone. gone. So imagine that's 60% of men that won't have a job. What are they going to do? Older men are going to be like, what, am I supposed to learn fucking computers? And am I going to start doing social media now? And, to, you know, if we had to start social media today, it's like, fuck, it's hard work. Like, we all at least have two, three years, four years of yeah. doing this. Yeah. But, like, if you had to start at zero better start today, now. like, dude, this is hard. And you better start now. Yeah. Even podcasting, podcasting starting to grow. And now I hear China's like fucking like, oh, podcasts are cool. And then, then the Latin community, you know, like, oh, podcast, guess podcast, dude. Me gusta podcast, you know, and it's, it's still, it's still new. And we're kind of like, oh man, everybody's posting, but it's not enough. Finding your niche, you know, you got yeah. yours is motorcycle based, but it's how does that apply to so many other topics? Yeah. The, the, mine, mine, it, it's weird because mine was motorcycle based, but it kind of wasn't. It's just when I started, I didn't have a studio. And I was literally riding my motorcycle to my guests. And I would ride down this to wherever anybody agreed to do a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I'd go to Ventura or San Francisco. And I was like, oh, mobile, po- mobile podcasting. Yeah. Well, it was, it was either call it mobile podcasting or ride boundless. And I was like, yeah, ride boundless sounds cooler yeah. than mobile. But then I, I was stuck on the niche of, of motorcycles. And I was like, dude, I'm, I kind of don't want to get stuck on this. Because, you know, I, I had a neighbor, she was an actress, and I was like, hey, you should be on my podcast. She's like, but I don't ride a motorcycle. I go, it's, it's not just for motorcycle. But I heard your But Anisha's great for, if you ever want to dial in and be successful in anything, you know, it's 
having having that niche that usually is, is part the of the key tool. to building yeah. a brand and the good thing about having motorcycles as a niche even though you might want to get away from it no i don't want to get away with it but i don't want to be known only for that the good that part sense. though is motorcyclists will talk about motorcycles forever right yeah. mm-hmm. you know there's endless content right. for you and cred right and yeah, yeah street know, cool cred. Cre- cool cred and no, I, you no. know I was, I was thinking about what you were saying about um you know constantly traveling around to find these different food spots and not being, you know, traffic being, you know, something. Every rider needs a destination. You know, how many times do we just want to go for a ride? You know, you want to go eat, but where do I want to try it? But part of it is you want to go for a ride. So you need, you, we kind of all find, do I want to go have coffee here? Do I want to go try food here? Do I want to do that? Because half of it is about the ride. The other half is about the destination. So it kind of gives you, you know, a spot and a thing to do, but really it's to get out on your bike. Get yeah. Out, take a ride. Yeah. I saw somebody on a, a Aprilia V4 today Oof. and he had, it looked like all his gear was new and shiny. I'm like, that dude's probably just going to Starbucks. <laughs> oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. But you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Dragging his knee yeah. on his way. Like two Starbucks, you know, whatever. Full leathers. Yeah. That's fucking great, man. Fucking motorcycle community people. You meet all kinds of fucking different characters, uh, all kinds of walks of life. And it's changed people's lives, too. Yeah. You know? That's what I love about you, you got your bike shed hat on is these these places that are curated around the biker community. It's finally a place where you can go hang out for hours. And like you said, motorcyclists like to talk about bikes. And we yeah. forever talk about bikes. And when you go there, you're like, fuck, I don't have to talk to these other people about a bunch of bullshit that I don't want to talk about. All of a sudden, I'm, we all have the same thing in common. And we can go gab for hours about it. And it doesn't get boring, you know. And <laughs> it's kind of like a, a happy place for those of us who ride because we can all really share that common interest. And I always but, but, appreciate but, but you're, you're, I'm, I'm always blown away because you're having a conversation with somebody. And it's like, oh, yeah, bikes, man. Oh, check out. I brought the streak light today. Oh, man. like, blah, 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 blah. And then it's like, hey, by the way, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm an FBI agent. I'm like, whoa, that's fucking crazy, yeah. bro. Really? Like, I, yeah, man. I, I thought I felt your gun, bro. He goes, you thought it was my cock? No, bro. Yeah. Was like, whatever. But like, like, you meet FBI agent. It's like, what do you do? And it's like, fuck, you know, I own the place. And I'm like, what? And then... When you, it's, 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 I'm an accountant. It's I'm a so doctor. Yeah. fucking surprising the people you meet in this industry. Because, for example, if we were to like play golf or tennis with a hundred different people for a hundred different days, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can guess the pattern within the first week. I'm yeah. like, oh, they're all accountants or lawyer, real, real estate lawyer. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. But this motorcycle thing, it's like fucking. You have no idea who the fuck you're talking to. No, it's, it's funny that you say that because, like, even with DGR. We're all, you know, distinguished gentlemen. We're all dressed up, very fancy, this and that. But we do a pre-ride. And then, you know, years ago, I found out one biker, he's an architect, an amazing architect. And then this other guy, Big Rob, he's in finance. It's like million-dollar finance. Fucking Rob. You know Big Rob. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Victory Rob. Yeah, Victory Rob. Victory. Like, think about it. Look how he dresses and what he rides. Would you think he's in finance? No. no. Not at all. Hell no. But then all of a sudden he opens up and like we had pizza one day and, you know, beer and he shares his soul, his life story and then where he is now. I was like, holy shit, I did not know that. Yeah. I thought something else. Yeah. And, and I'm and sorry. That, that's a perfect example. A bunch that's of kids a... bonding over two wheels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, girl and girls and guys. Yeah. You know that um, all these weird, you know, different political views, different all kinds of things. And we all find this common thread. Yeah. Somebody yeah. walk in up like. 
fuck Trump and fuck this and nice bike. Yeah, I like your bike. Yeah, cool, man. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and the conversation goes straight to the yeah, bike. Yeah, it goes to like, straight to the bikes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would you ride over here, man? Like, it's bikes. funny. It's, it's, it's like being a kid mm-hmm. constantly. I'm 52 years old and still like when I'm getting a new bike or waiting for it to come back from the mechanic, I still get excited like a, a kid at Christmas or Hanukkah. And I say, yeah. it's like, and I think we're all still like that. Yeah. That's something that motorcycles give you. Well, every day. An- another yeah. thought that crossed my mind as 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 we get older. As I get older, I'm like we're we're still the same fucking kids. <laughs> we're like we there's we're not. Like Hey, one red bike. Like, yeah, no, 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 but like we're literally like 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 we're exactly the same person we were 20 years ago just yeah we might be a little wise and a little bit more patient but that's it mm-hmm. it's the same person it's it's like the character like i i could really visualize what you look like when you were fucking 10 15 years old probably not much different from today All you right. know just smarter you know know how to ride your bike and more experience. Like, more experience that's all we have is a little bit more experience but we're the exact same fucking person and like when i grew up it's like all oh, adults is like something completely different mm-hmm. you know and it's like no no it's, it's funny, I have a small following on Instagram, not a big following at all. No joke, I was about to just talk about your, your chat. Oh, well, like we'll, we'll get into that. But, yeah, but I have, group. I posted this, you know, the big thing is reels now, right? And yeah. I posted this reel that, and it's just a sh- little video that I took of a couple of my bikes in my backyard. And the audio is this girl going something about, you know, boys, something they just they grow from remote control cars to cars with big V8 engines and stuff and still wake up half the neighborhood type thing. I can't remember it verbatim. But for some reason it hit the algorithm and went viral where I have, you know, a couple thousand followers on Instagram, but in a week and a half it had like 60,000 views nice. on this one random video. And I have all these better videos that are cooler. That's always never but it's just this one random that. video yeah. that basically talks about boys and their toys and how we graduate from little cars to bigger cars. Yeah. Uh, and nothing really changes. Nothing no, really, really nothing changes. Really changes. But, yeah. but the fact, but what I mean is that that went viral because we can all kind of relate to it because it really is a interesting phenomena. We all just want to tap into our inner child. And I think that's men and women. I think that's also what we find attractive. Like for me with women and, whatnot is when they mature but still are in touch with that inner little girl or that inner child and same with us the motorcycles allow us to be in touch with our fun you know adventurous inner children oh yeah yeah that's the cool part about a bike is when i put on all my gear and i put my helmet on i'm 16 again yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's like woo! i yeah. don't ride like i was 16 but, you know, <laughs> everything's you. different it's 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 interesting how how powerful that feeling is. I was up in uh, Oregon this summer, and I go back a couple times a year. And I've never owned a bike up there, but I've always wanted to ride in the summertime because you got these beautiful, nice highways, good roads, and these big you know forests, you know pine trees everywhere and stuff like that. And just, anyways. I ended up buying a Harley while I was up. At, I was there for a week and a half, and I bought my that sucks That's Street awesome. Bob just so I could ride for the week that I was up there. That's awesome. But I'll never forget. I was um, going out I eighty four towards Mount Hood. My first ride on this bike after I you know got it all redone, you know the brakes and everything ready to go and whatnot. And 
I went to, I was going to a concert that was out on the gorge and I remember it was, the sun was going down and Mount Hood was just shining in the, in front of me. And I was literally weeping. Like I was nostalgic, like happy tears. Like I'm finally <laughs> getting to ride, you know, after being a motorcycle rider yeah, for yeah. 20 years up in my home state, my hometown, you know, and just, I'm a 20 year old or a 40 year old man crying on a motorcycle because I'm so just elated for the moment and right. being in the moment and that moment of Zen and meditation, I, what we get from it was so profound, but I love that. I think it's awesome. I've had that feeling a couple of times a week. Well, no, no. <laughs> riding down highway one through big Sur. Oh, I love it's just it. like, my Oh favorite. my God, this is so beautiful. And uh, you my know, favorite. people, a lot of people will never know, you know, when they say like, you know, I live more in a few minutes on a bike than you've lived in your whole life. Yeah. Right. yeah. Those are those things where it's like, unless you felt it, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. no, I've, I've definitely been on the freeway and you see like the dark clouds and then there's just sun just piercing through. And I'm not religious at all, but it's almost like like heaven just peeking through. And then people in cars, they don't see that. Like they look at it, they might take a picture, but like just appreciate that for a second. I'm like, damn, that looks gorgeous. I, th- I, I had, I had, um, Fuck, Derek. Derek Serenos. He was on my podcast. He was a, a, uh, F-16 fighter pilot, fighter pilot. Wow. Navy. And uh, we were talking about um, flying planes, how three-dimensional it is, and how driving cars is not three-dimensional because it's just like left or right or straight. And then I was like, well, motorcycles is kind of like more two-dimensional as well, like more closer to a car than an airplane. He's like, nah, man. You're leaning. It's three-dimensional, man. Like, Because you're, you're literally looking at car tires turning into your lane you're looking at their mirrors yeah you're leaning you're turning your your weight it, it, you it's feel so, the wind it's so three-dimensional well, being on a motorcycle is kind of like flying like kind of like, like flying. no no yeah well I, I wasn't gonna say that to a fucking pilot right so well, i was like yeah, I, yeah. I played it down like it's not you gotta it's peg, you gotta more, peg right? those navy and he's, he's like air force pilots down a notch though no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i'm next air force so hush yeah, no, but it, 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 it was interesting. And to add to that point is when you when we do ride that bike, it's not only that, hey, we're on two wheels. This feels great. It's just mm-hmm. the overall rumbling of the motor or mm-hmm. how the throttle hits or how it breaks. Or Also, for me, riding a motorcycle is my daily, it's my therapy. Yeah. And it's my therapy in that the way I like to describe it is it's my zen or my meditation. And why that is, is because once you get on a bike, you're so hyper-focused on the mechanics and being safe and what you're doing that all the little background noise, bullshit, stress of your day disappears. Not that you can't think about Mm -hmm. bigger thoughts and certain things while you're out riding, but you're so tuned in to that moment. And very rarely in in these, these days are we able to tap in and be present in that current moment. And on a bike, you have no other choice but to do that. And there's a freedom and, um, and not, and then on top of that, you're also getting an adrenaline rush. So not only is your mind focused and clear, but then it's firing because you have the adrenaline pumping through you. So you, there's never a more clear time to be in your head than when you're on a motorcycle. Yeah. If I can, uh, piggyback off both with what you guys said, you talked to, you know, the pilot and you know, that's therapy. Mm -hmm. When I was 16 years old, I was very lucky. My dad was an airline pilot, so I learned to fly. And 
it's exactly what you said. As soon as I got to the airport, I had to read my logbook, had to make sure everything's going, this and that. I could have the most stressful day, but I just focused on that. I'm up in the air in Van Nuys, and I was disappeared. I was gone. I was in a happy place. Same thing with the motorcycle. I remember there's a lot of times having arguments with uh, my partner, and I told her, if I get very upset, I'm just going to take a ride because I don't want to argue with you. I don't want this to blow up. I want this to, you know, be a safe space. Let me go take a ride. I'm going to cool my head because exactly what you just said. You focus on the bike that you don't care about the fight anymore. You start just everything is trivial after that. I mean, because it's life or death. It's like all of a sudden all the other stuff. I'm like, why did why was it? Why? Why did I even No, Literally, I come home happy and there's times I'll stop. I'm like, oh, I know she likes Del Taco. Let me just pick up Del Taco real quick. I didn't even think about the fight anymore. Yeah. Dead on. Yeah. No, it, it's important. It's, it's, it, I, I kind of, I want to go back to kind of what I was saying earlier about the, um, that moment where you're sitting on the couch sometimes, you're like, man, I got to jump on my bike. The fuck, it's so fucking dangerous. Why am I jumping on my bike? But the moment you throw over your leg, that feeling's gone. But that's for everything. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's fucking cold, I'm like, dude, I'm yeah. fucking cold, man. Yeah. But as soon that's as I throw true. the leg over, it's gone. If mm-hmm. I'm tired, if I'm, you know, I, I, I have a rule two wheels, two drinks. So when I go mm-hmm. out on my bike and I have two wheels, I, I limit that. I have one, but it's the same thing. That's a yeah. good rule. Well, I just go because it's just two and wheels. And statistics will yeah. tell you that's a smart rule. Yeah. So, you know, but but if I'm a little buzz or if I'm cold or if I'm hot or if I'm uncomfortable, if I'm tired, if I'm angry, the moment I put my leg over and that bike starts, I don't know why, it's just gone. It just, mm-hmm. It's just, boom, okay, fucking tire pressure, PCI. Let me see if my engine's rolling good. Let me gas tank. You know, now, now you're like... In the zone. A fighter pilot. Do yeah. you do you guys, for me, like, sunsets are my zen. Like, I, on a bike or off a bike. But I, if if I am free, if I have free time at sunset and I'm not on my bike, I feel guilty. <laughs> that's fucking. Like, like I'm like. It's beautiful. Or like, like later, or once the sun goes down, sometimes if I'm too busy, I'm like, fuck, I didn't make it out on the bike today. Like, I feel like I did really? something. I feel like I did something like. For myself that I neglected or something because I didn't get out like as much as I can, even if it's for 30 minutes or 45 minutes. It's just like if I can finish my work for that little period of time and go out. But sunsets are your <sighs> thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's actually a great idea. I should yeah, make every day. Fun. I mean, I, it, people make fun of me because the, pr- probably the only things I post on social media yeah. are, sunsets. are my sunset rides. And it's it's usually my bike is. What, the, what's wrong with the uh, sunrises? I love sunrises too. I just it's in just LA. In I hate. It. Well, yeah. so when I travel, well, I wake west. up at sunrise every day. Yeah, but in LA, who wants well, to deal with sun sunrise, sets, in, yeah, sunrise in, yeah. in LA? Like coming over the San Fernando should, Valley. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a really peaceful time, but it also tends to be colder, and, and there can be a lot of moisture. You know, a lot of uh, dew and whatnot, and so you have to prepare for the ride a lot more by sun sunset. It's a little. Uh, I just don't want to wake up all my neighbors at. Pretty much. That, yeah. that, that you, too. You roll that the bike too. down the street and then like, okay, I'm far enough. I can start it up. Yeah, then I'm waking up those neighbors. Though. Now, yeah, what, what, what did you ride in? Uh, I rode a Yamaha MT-09. It's a 2017. Good looking bike. Oh, that is. What is it? Amazing. Uh, bike. What's the CCs? I think it's it's an MT-09, but the engine is actually 849 CC. Mm-hmm. And um, I've owned a lot of bikes and that is the most fun. It is a great bike. Yeah, it's amazing. And I currently have a Yamaha FJR 1300, which is my bagger. 
Yeah. You know, if I want to go distance or if it's cold out, it's got the windshield and heated grips and all that. And I just picked up a... I love heated grips. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. I can heat it. I haven't tried it. Oh, my God, dude. You, you, like, you'll get... It's such a Spoiled. big help. Oh, my yeah, God. All, all the little comforts. Huh? Mm. Little creature comforts. And I just got a... I think it's a 03 Kawasaki ZRX 1200. Nice. It's kind of a retro bike. And uh, that's my baby. That's the one I'm currently dumping all the money into. Nice. nice. Yeah. The one that earned it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And then you you came in the diner and before we... St- I'm we, on my wide glide today. We, we talked about it before the pot when we started recording. You have three diners. Yeah, I have a street bob, a fat bob, and, and, glide. and the wide glide. Nice. But I mean, I've had Sportsters. I've had, yeah, a lot of, a lot of different bikes over the years. Um, I did the commercial for the FZ07, which is like... Yeah, smaller version of, of that bike, and but everybody loves that bike. But it was a it was a blast. We rode it. We took it out to El Mirage, the dry desert lake bed, where it's six miles of just flat land where you can just do crazy shit and yeah. rode in the hills. And yeah, That's those those dope. are fun, comfy, comfy bikes. Yeah. How, how yeah. do you how do you get a gig like that? Um, I started. I did. I just. I don't know. I did a couple. Mo- you know, I'd been riding, and I occasionally do as a side hustle commercial work and stuff. And then I started doing for Yamaha. I did a few different jobs and for victory. I did another job and then I started doing jobs for Harley. And then I had, at that point I had a resume and, um, start getting more direct calls from my agent. And, and then also when I wanted to pitch myself, when I heard about, you know, different jobs coming up, um, I had some experience and so you know what's one thing that if you're a production company and you're shooting bikes you want to know that people can ride and have done it before and stuff so that kind of gave me a leg up and um i mean i wish i it's my dream job if getting paid to ride motorcycles and prototype brand new yeah, motorcycles yeah, probably the best fucking. job in the world i wish especially I could get, before they release the bike i don't get to do it every day but i damn near will try anything or do anything I can to, to be that guy for whatever motorcycle company I can. When I was younger, I was a motorcycle messenger for a few years, and I'm like, I'm getting paid to ride a motorcycle. <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. yeah, even if it's $10 an hour, I don't give a fuck. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's better than... No, yeah. that's absolutely amazing. And, and a motorcycle is the, the... You know, I think about it all the time. Like once you have it, you know, everything, inflation, everything's getting really expensive. You want to go to a movie, you want to do anything... For ten bucks, for half a tank of gas, for a tank of gas, you can go out all day and have the fucking time of your life. All yeah. day, ten bucks right now? I don't know, man. Uh, okay. yeah, <laughs> that sounds yeah. a little twenty, 20 uh, bucks. Twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Yeah, 20 but, bucks. You, but my point is, I, I is there really is once you have the bike, there is no cheaper thrill and fun right. thing you can go do. I always used to say, I was like, all I need is twenty bucks, and you know, I got a tank of gas and some cheap food, and freedom a is a full tank. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Dude, I, I have one, one of my bikes is a, I have a 1250 GSA, 7.8 gallons. Oh, holy yeah. smokes. Is that this thing here? Yeah. yeah. 7.8 gallons, dude. Like, I mean, just, and what, gas is what, 650 or something? Seven, What's you know. it like throwing that thing around the track? You know, I fucking murdered that track. I was, I was kicking people's asses, and... Sure. Uh, for me, I was just riding a bike. I'm just like, you know, riding a bike. But uh, the best reaction is there was these guys from like Oregon or something. And, and they were, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound bad, but they were kind of, you know, redneckish, you know. And they yeah. were like, they said something like, 
Hot dog. I've never seen anybody ride a GS around the track like that. That sure looked nice. I never even seen a GS on a track, you know, and I was passing people, so the, the reactions were pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, it's in that uh, category of the guys, like the Goldwing guys that yeah, like, really kick ass. Yeah, they're like, fuck, you know. Yeah. No, it, it, it was pretty fucking amazing. But uh, I, I was getting my, my racing license. Uh, this was, um, what's this place over here? Willow Springs? Willow Springs, yeah. Yeah, so Willow Springs. Um, I, I, I was, it was actually Motor Republic. Do you guys know Motor Republic? Mm -hmm. They're fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, Jeff, I'm sure has some recipes for you too. Um, but he was, he had that track day where you pay 25 bucks and you do like an afternoon thing. So oh, nice. that's why I took that over. Okay. And then somebody was like, Robert, you wanted to get your motorcycle license. They just started the class. And I was like, well, fuck it. And that's what I had. Do you ever do the classic, uh, what is it? The classic moto? Classic track day, something Classic like track that. Days? I've heard of it, yeah. No, the only yeah. other one I've done, I've done the regular track days, and then I did the 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 one south passing Palm Springs, Chuckwalla, okay. uh, when they did the first Harley-Davidson track race. And I took okay. the streak light there, and that was a big deal because it was the first time they The allowed, Battle of the Baggers. The Battle of the Baggers, but it was the first time they opened up a track. They gave a track day just for Harleys. That's so rad. Yeah, it was fucking... I like, love everybody, this dude friend, by the way. That's, that's great, because like, I remember going to Willow Springs and being lucky enough to be part of the rescue crew in case somebody went down, and I saw... God, what's this company? It, it's Jiffy Tune. I think they're yeah, down he in Yeah, he was Beach. like the original Harley racer. Or the, oh, the, his this, Harleys yeah. were taking on Sportster and just on that big straightaway, just vroom, and like you could see the Sportster just trying, trying. Not even, yeah. No. Not even able to pull. No, his bikes were just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just yeah. acknowledge how awesome the... The Bagger Racing League is? Yeah, the, the whole just the whole Bagger movement of, Fucking of dope. turning into this well, there's performance that, Bagger thing is just, there's that I think it's so cool. I, I don't know. It. I think it's going to be unhealthy for a lot of guys that don't really know how to ride. Oh, yeah, look at probably. these Baggers. No, but it's around. the well, modern yeah. taming of a bull. Like, yeah, anybody can ride a little 350-pound race bike, but you get a 900-pound bike with you know 150 plus pound foot pounds of torque no it's it, it's, it, it's insane <laughs> it's a whole the, the, the story, reason yeah. i got the license is because i was like you know what maybe i could convert my fucking streak light and that was my idea right after i finished this i was like dude i gotta spend another forty thousand dollars on my streak light just to even qualify for one of these fucking races yep. and then that's yep. when that fucking youtube video popped up of fucking the indian crashing and i was like Dude, these baggers don't crash good. No. Like these oh, things, like oh, fucking, yeah. these things, like there's a lot of stuff to it. There's a have, lot, and I was like, you know what? Chance. So for me to enter this, it's gonna cost me so much more money. Where with the same license, you can get a fucking R six. Yeah, but you could race a Miata, or you could build a Porsche. It's like. No, or, or I don't think it's the same, man. It's a whole different thing. I don't think it's the same. It's just same. a different thing. I, I think this, the closest comparison to that, it's like, okay, Miata or a Porsche would be like, okay, a Yamaha or a fucking S1000 or a Prelia Ducati or something extreme. Yeah, yeah. But once you go into Bagger, it's like saying fucking Miata or an RV. Or monster or truck. monster <laughs> truck. Yeah, like it's so different. This is actually how I ended up with that Yamaha FGR 1300. Because I wanted something, you know, comfortable if I wanted to go distance. But I've had a bagger before. It was a Kawasaki bagger. Oh, that's not a real bagger, dude. Well, okay. Did it, you just say that? <laughs> I, I actually own one. I wanted to try it, and it was the worst experience I had. So I, 
I'm like, let's try the FJR. It's been around. It's like the third generation. It's been around 20 or 30 years. Let's give it a shot. And I got it. And it's like, it's got the bags and it's got the windshield. And it looks like one. 150 horsepower and 100 foot pounds of torque and good suspension. Yeah. yeah. So if I come to a mountain road, I can have fun with it. Yeah. Without putting 20 grand into it. Right. Yeah. You know, it's just right, right out of the box. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes it makes it makes sense. It does, yeah. I got a question. You so you got your race license, what I don't know. So in California, right, if you want to buy performance parts, exhaust parts and stuff like that, they won't ship them to you because they're illegal. But when you have your race license, I know race shops can cuz like Vance and Hines is here. Can you can you specially once you have your race license, can you get performance parts with that? That's a great fucking question. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I've been trying to find somebody with that answer for a while. Yeah. Usually, I actually like I, if, I just like interviewed I, if I, if just I, last week. I interviewed Mookie. Mookie's like a twenty-five-year-old. Not he's well, he's not twenty. He's been racing and training and knows all those fucking questions. Uh, yeah. But he's been doing that forever. Because if you can go online and order like exhaust, right, and then you pay for it, and then they'll risk, refund your money and say we can't ship it to California because it's illegal. Try yeah, they, they, try this next time. Call them on the phone. Tell them what you want to order. And say it's, it's for, for off road use only. Yeah, I, I've heard or track, that works. Or track, or interesting. Yeah, off road use or show. track. Yeah. That, or that, track. That's, that's what yeah, you made me think. Track. I'm like, yeah. oh, if it's just for track. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if if just if having the credential of your race license would be enough to probably like, not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't know. Probably depending well, who you're talking to. Come on, Stephanie. I'll send you a copy of my license. You know, <laughs> yeah, I heard you're the coolest one there. Come on, Steph. Well, they just they just need to know that it's not. You're being be so used. anal, you know. They need to know it's not going to be used on the street. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, there's, no, exactly. There's like my beautiful track helmets. Bike. Yeah, maybe they need a VIN number and a copy of the license. Yeah, there's some beautiful helmets that I would love to order from Europe, and then when I contact them, they're like, "Well, you can't really ride with them in the United States because they're not DOT." I was like. I yeah, but nobody's I, ever gotten pulled yeah, over for not having I, a, I always tell them, like, I import I'm not roof helmets ride all the time. With them. Yeah, there's a helmet company that we talked about. French roof yeah. helmets. And I was like, I'm not going to ride with it. Yes, I am going to ride with it. But they don't need to freaking know that. Yeah. You know? It's none of your business. You're getting a freaking paycheck. It's my head. Shut up. What, do we, does anybody know? So they, they said in 2035, no car manufacturer will be able to create combustion motors, right? Mm -hmm. Does that apply to motorcycles? I the, bet. I'm trying to build an electric bike right now. I, I wouldn't doubt that it will. They'll, and they'll still, I mean, they just can't sell new ones. Right. Right. It's they can't, they, well, they can't manufacture, manufacture, manufacture and, yeah. and sell new ones. But you, and actually the future, I think as much as we don't like it, I was actually just watching a whole thing on it the other day. Um, we will be riding electric motorcycles because they're faster. They're more efficient. They'll have all, no, they're fun. As the, fun. And, and the battery technology, when it catches up and stuff like that, you'd rather have an electric motorcycle, but we like the, I think we like the nostalgia yeah. of an old gas powered motor and, but a new gas powered motor in 2035 won't, I don't know if it'll still have that nostalgia factor that the ones right now do. Well, part of a lot of it is the sound. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, I, I feel so vulnerable. I feel so vulnerable <laughs> on, on like when you I'm gonna, ride a I'm live gonna, wire. I'm snip it's that. like you're riding in uh, like Tron, like the sound of it and the feeling. They're super smooth. They're yeah. amazing bikes. They really are. But you don't feel like you're on a motorcycle and you feel like 
just a f- waiting to get clipped in traffic. Yeah. Yeah, every time I've had every, all my bikes, I always put exhaust on them because without it, it feels unsafe because people can't hear you and it, it sounds like a sewing machine. But what they're doing with some of the electric cars now Speakers. or bikes is building in some kind of noise yeah. somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so, a, there's well, a new electric and they, and some of them sound real, some sound like shit, and actually some of them sound so this futuristic. Is, oh no, cool. there, there's a uh, a new one that I just saw, and it straight up sounds like um, a bike that should have been on what is it the TT races. It was like I was like, wait, that's electric. Okay, all right, I'm interested. You, you've seen the atrocity of the new what is it the Charger or Challenger, the new Dodge that's electric that they're yeah. they're not making the gas one anymore. I'm not mad at it. No, yeah, I mean, but the sa- I'm talking about the sound of this, oh, like this, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but <laughs> like it, making it sound is, like a muscle car. This is my yeah. opinion on on the sound. I, I have a live wire, okay, and I have a street glide, the GS, and I have a live wire. And my thing is, with my experience, lights. These fucking lights are ten thousand lumens each one. All right, they're fucking bright. The clear water. The clear waters, exactly. Right, yeah. The clear waters, I've noticed with lights, people move the fuck out of the way oh, yeah. better than the sound. Because exhaust, unless if you're under 20 miles an hour, 30 miles per hour, it's behind you. You've already passed. It doesn't help anybody. We we, we do that for ourselves, sir. Ch-ch- you know, oh, <laughs> we do that for ourselves. Funny, funny trivia, though. Uh, I'd on, say 70-30. On an inline... At, uh, at, under 20 miles an hour, they'll hear you coming. After 20, dude, you're, you're passing them. They don't even hear it. They hear it after you pass. It doesn't help you. I, I, the fun, fun fact, um, for an inline four, yeah, the sounds cancel out and they go behind you. But with something like a Harley Davidson that's making the pop, pop, pop noise, the explosions, that travels in every direction. But, again... At At over 700 miles an hour. uh, Yeah. (laughs) You have to be going really fast. At at a certain (laughs) speed, (laughs) they only get the back of it. I get you. You know, like when you're just cruising, then you move, bitch. I'm all about the lights. I I have my high beams on. I, I ride with my high beams on all the time. Just as And if I were to ever get pulled out, I'd just like, fuck you, I'm being safe. Yeah, yeah. So this is, uh, I had Curtis, uh, Curtis Motors. Uh, are you guys familiar with them? They make the most luxurious, they make like uh, the arch motor, oh, yeah. but of electric bikes. Oh, uh, and it's the most balanced, sexy, the, the battery's a cylinder. So after like fucking 10 years, you just pull out this cylinder and you can, you know, put a new battery and it'll just last a core, forever. The core. The core, exactly. <laughs> I was telling about this and, and, and here's how I describe it. Like with the GS... I feel like when people see all the fucking lights, people move the fuck out of the way. They think you're they, a cop. They, they think it's a cop. Yeah. There's an <laughs> you authority. You get a little bit of blue yeah. or red in there. There's, a, there's, there's an authority that people move the fuck out of the way. On the Harley, it's like, the, you know, it's the gangster thing. Like, bah, bah, oh, you yeah. know, they think I'm going to break their windows or something, you know. And it's like, and on the live wire, it, it, you just feel like a fucking ninja, man. Because you're just like, yeah. just fucking sliding through all over the place. I have these super, I put super bright LED headlight just on my i think that's the not best. this not the this one well it does have a bright one but on my street bob and you know a lot of times you know when you're waiting at like a traffic light and you're trying to split lanes but there's always those cars that pinch you off and they won't what's up man <laughs> I've never showed this angle. yeah i was gonna i was gonna come over there and pop my head in for a minute but then i thought Fuck it, yeah, i'm comfy on the couch now we're gonna be the voice behind it but i was i was I, I noticed that instead of revving, a lot of times I just turn my headlight into their uh, into their, their mirror. mirror. Yeah, and it is so bright that uh-huh. they eventually or quite quickly 
Can, Pull can, over. Can yeah. you fix the Woody so we can see Woody behind you? There we go. No, it's funny because on my Honda Shadow, I've got a light bar. And then on my crash bars, I got two LED lights. And it's funny. I learned it at, you know, Moto Chop Shop when he installed the lights. You click it on once. It's fine. High beams. Click it on twice. Again, high beams. Click it on three times. It starts flashing like a cop. Nice. Oh, I learned that. I, I take advantage of it sometimes here and there. Yeah, light, light, lights, lights is definitely the way to go. Uh, if you want to be seen and you want to prevent accidents, you want to prevent people from you know yeah. coming into you, like it, it's definitely the way to go. And I, I think that's the thing it. as we get older, is as we become more experienced riders, it's controlling our environment, our space cushion, our escape routes, and our visibility. You know, well, you, they, I'm yeah. never going to be the guy that wears a neon vest or anything no, like that. Same here. But I'm going to have bright lights. Six on my months lights later. And, did you get a job in construction no yeah <laughs> that's one strategy i use when i'm splitting lanes on the freeway is i'll, I'll weave left and right so people are yeah. more likely to see yeah. my headlight yeah like, we're, we're, we're mm-hmm. like yeah it, more dramatic and and yeah. you know even like you, or even I do just a little uh, extra pump on the brakes to kind of get your brake light to flash a little bit more when you have oh, yeah. the brakes and yeah or you're sitting at a light and stuff like that and being conscious of and, and, you know, I, I had an interesting conversation with somebody the other day. Was, he drives a Tesla now. And now with all these self-driving cars, he's, he himself admits to saying, I pay so much less attention, especially on the freeway, because the car is driving itself. Mm-hmm. So I, and, and you're, you know, encapsulated in a car that has good soundproofing and whatnot, that now they're not, they don't hear us. And they're, yeah. they're really not, their attention span is less than, 50% or whatever than it ever would be before. Yeah, but the car is 100%. I'm, I'm, look, again, sorry for interrupting you, but this is, I feel very strongly about this, and this is recent. I can't wait till everybody has a self-driving car. Yeah, okay? yeah. it would be so much e- safer. Emotionally, <laughs> people are so fucking dumb, oh, yeah. and they're texting, and they're eating sandwiches, and they're mad that they're going to their stupid job, and then they're mad that they're not riding a motorcycle, then they're fucking, you know, like, the traffic gets worse, the road gets worse. They're so... I've I've split lanes, and, you know, you're looking at the rearview mirrors, and when you look at the rearview mirrors, what are you supposed to see? Their face. You're supposed to see the person's face. If you see their face, they see you. That mirror is pointing at the sky, at the ground. I'm like, we're, we're, people shouldn't fucking ride and like, drive and, anymore. And those self-driving, self-driving cars have cars sensors, so they they, sensors, they sense us info, and feel us. Just infrared. Like a, they have fucking everything. Sonar. They have fucking all kinds of shit, man. I, I was in the test until we day. fuck them up because we're doing some weird erratic shit. <laughs> right. as we split lanes and go we're around. We're trying to trick and it. that's we're not in like their that. algorithm. To yeah, we're like, oh, I'm gonna fuck things. this one up. Like, yeah, I, I don't think it's like if. I think it's when. It's definitely gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But but when it happens, that's gonna be way better for us. I, I promise you, yeah. it's gonna be way better for us. As long as we it's, have it's, self-driving motorcycles. It's not a long. It's in the, the BMW is doing it. Oh, I saw they that, have right. one where the kickstand kicks up and it goes around the track and fucking then it parks. The kickstand comes down, shifts right, and right. shit. Yeah, well, and Honda has the gyroscopic motorcycles that don't need uh, kickstands that can just they, park, yeah, eject, park. No, well, they they can even at a stop they can stay up and then yeah, yeah they just eject by the red fall. light and then you go forward and it just continues. No, but BMW has a self driving self GS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fucking insane. So Sign me I don't up. know if I'd want to ride that, but for fucking ordering pizza and that kind of Well, that's the whole thing. Part of like the, yeah, or get me home, I'm drunk. Right, yeah. <laughs> I could have used that many Take times. me home, bicycle. <laughs> 
All right, we can turn the camera around back on you guys. I'm He's like, get sure? this thing off me. I felt I, I was so comfortable this whole podcast until you turned the camera on. Go back to picking your nose over there. Just finally, I can take my pants off again. Finally, man. Finally. All right, Eric, come on. What have we missed? Oh, uh, can you send me that to my phone? Yeah. Do you want me to play that? I was going to ask if I could. Yeah, send it to my phone. I appreciate, you know, what he says right there. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, send it over to my phone because this is all hooked up to the chingaderas. And okay, if you guys want to talk about something at the moment. No, okay, not a problem. So, how about them Dodgers? Anyways, <laughs> I had somebody on the uh, LA in a Minute. They were on the show, and they were telling me that they fucking, um, they, there was a Mexican family that was living on the land. Mexican families and there's videos of them just ripping the families out and then they would bulldoze the house and then there was a church and a school they knocked it down put the concrete on it and now they're saying under third base is the is where the church was and now there's this whole thing called under the blue and there's this whole backstory of like fucking you know how they're trying to justify and, and get money back to the people that lost. Holy shit! Yeah, it was was pretty weird fucking wild. Oh, shit! Yeah, when you go back into the history of Los Angeles, a lot of people got screwed. Yeah, yeah. building the airports and all kinds of shit. And by the way, LA in a minute, he's awesome. Everybody oh, should follow man. him. Oh Ev- man, yeah. Evan, Evan, love it. LA in a minute. That podcast was really fucking good. He's uh, we're gonna redo it. Uh, we want well, not redo it. We're gonna do another one soon. We had a blast. It was the first time. This is the first time I've had this many people with mics on the show. But like that one, I had some, um, I had some, I had audience, you know, they're like, oh, Ellie in a minute, fucking Ellie, because I have a buddy of mine that's a developer and he loves that shit. And he was like, can I I be there? And, you know, and they were sitting here. It was cool. I'm a podcast virgin, by the way. I'm happy to be here. This is is is, fun. This is my first time as well. Oh, Oh, fucking awesome. See, the one reason I thought about bringing you because you're always on video all the time. I was like, oh, he knows what to do. He knows how to talk. And I'm like, it's going to make me feel safe. So, you know, I might push the mic on him even more. <laughs> I was yeah. worried because, like, sometimes I can just go on these random Rants. tangents. That's it. So but that's what this is about, man. That's like, funny, that's what's fun like, and entertaining. Before yeah. I left the house, I was a bit nervous, you know, and uh, I've been very lucky. I've, I've modeled and I've been, you know, doing catwalks and this and that. But then out the door, my partner, she looks at me and she straight up says, like, you got this. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like, don't get into your head. And two, don't over talk. Because when I do get nervous, I'll just. And she sent me a text as well. She, she's my ghostwriter and my assistant. But um, she's like, just don't over talk. Don't over talk. Okay. Yeah. okay. You're okay. over talking again. Yeah. Let me play that. I, I love this. Right? I, I love this. This is Michael Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I love this. Really? Well, I'm glad you brought up the motorcycle oh, thing because I hate that. I want you to know that. You do. I Has do. he gotten you on a motorcycle? Hell no. <laughs> you know. No. Uh, no. I'm sorry. The seat's not big enough. Yeah. Oh. Like I was saying, I hate the fact that he rides motorcycle. It scares me to death. Because. It's not safe. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Even safe. with a helmet, you don't think it's good. Well, he got, his head, man, he don't need no helmet for his head. <laughs> this, he's the most stubborn person you ever going to meet in your life. No, I, I, I saw that you know clip, yeah, yeah, when he When you think about it, you ride a motorcycle, to go ride with you have to be a defensive boyfriend. rider. You have to be a dis- defensive driver. You don't have time to talk on the phone. You don't have time enough to eat. You don't have time enough to do a lot of things that most people do every single day. 
which is more dangerous than riding a motorcycle. Yeah. You have to really be focused on seeing the traffic ahead. He doesn't know about this. He's never ridden a motorcycle. You never understand what it takes to be a winner. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Love that. Okay, I, I'm going to give you a statistic that uh, I, I, I believe I personally came up with. And it's just because I sold so many motorcycles and, um, you know, I, I've seen many accidents. And we used to service the police bikes and we would hear the stories. But what would you think about this statistic? And again, this is just me saying this. 95% of motorcycle accidents is rider error. Eric. Not for myself, no. No? No, because the two accidents I, I had were because of somebody else. 100%. Oh, 110%, yes. Okay. I still remember it like it was yesterday. Okay. Yeah. I'd agree with that. You would agree with that? I'd agree with it because even when crazy shit happens, a lot of times it's because we didn't allow ourselves space to avoid that. Um, you know, where if we had we been a little more um, in a position, but I... Accidents do happen, and there are a lot yeah, of times. No, 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 one hundred totally are our fault. But yeah, so I wouldn't say it's right or error in that it's their fault necessarily. Yeah, but maybe could have been mitigated or avoided if other measures were taken by the rider. Josh, uh, I think it, it might be slightly lower than that, but yeah, I, know. I started with seventy, by the way. But as five years ago, the seventy now I was like. Okay, it's going up. And that's and a up. real statistic? That's a statistic that no, that's a by who? That, that's by me. That that that's oh, that is by that, okay. that's by me. That's that's by uh twenty something years in the industry. Uh five percent of the time it's a tire blowout or uh I look, I, I, I as of right now, I know I don't know your accidents, so I'm gonna add that to the list. I know two accidents that was just like just so fucking random. One of them was my mechanic. He was gonna he was taking a bike for a test ride. Somebody did a fucking YouTube, uh, a YouTube, a YouTube video, and they were yeah, no, they were made, they made a YouTube, uh, a U turn out of a, out a U turn that they weren't supposed to. Yeah, they hit him. He fell. He was on blood thinners, and he was like bleeding out. Oh, yeah. And that one was fucking crazy. And then the guy ran off. Yeah. And then uh, you know, so that was one. And then another one was um, a, a buddy of mine recently. He was just going to work, but he works as a he's a truck driver, a garbage truck driver. So he was going at 3 a.m., and he went from the number two lane, switched over to the number one lane at 3 a.m., going to work, and there was a fu- that was a freak accident. There was the two tires of the trailers, it's like 250 pounds, standing up in his lane, and he just fucking hit that. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. those, oh. you know, what deer, yeah. a deer comes running out. Right, a deer. A, so so a, I, a I, pot, I see At them. night, a pothole that you don't see, because yeah. I've, I've had that happen. Those aren't your fault, or right. no, gravel no. on the side of the road. But the thing is, is if you're riding on a canyon road, and you're hugging the gravel side of the road, and right. you're riding at a crazy speed... It's it's kind of a com- yeah. It's not the, your the, fault because you hit the gravel, exactly, but it's but also your fault because you you hit the gravel too hard. They have speed limits for a reason, right? Yeah. They, yeah. Exactly, they have speed limits. So, for example, this is proven statistics. The two biggest accidents that happens is one is the T bone, and again, it's it's oh, yeah. I, I've, I've heard that a thousand because times. people don't the profile of a bike from a distance doesn't change right. like a car. So people's depth perception and the right. way that they see. Objects moving closer. Correct. It's totally, they can't correct. judge the speed. And of not that. only that, but when most people are going 50, 60 miles an hour on like Ventura Boulevard or Van Nuys Boulevard, and it's mm-hmm. like, really, dude, like nobody thought you were coming that fast for the exact def- yeah. same definition. And the other biggest accident is uh, when people go through canyons or turns, they run out of road. 
Those are like the top. They accidents. miss the turn. Right. So then you they get run into, out of road. They run out of talent. They run so, out of talent. But, yeah. also, but like I, <laughs> I've had a couple of my accidents. Totally not my fault. One, um, my most recent one is traveling in the number one lane towards the mid, like which to those who don't know the number one lane, obviously you do, but is the one closest to the middle of the road. You know, on a on a. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I didn't, I didn't in other states, it's called the passing lane. In California, the lane. it's the called num- the fast lane. Yeah, the, yeah. the number one lane. So yeah. going up Centinella, and a car pulls out from a side street with a, a controlled stop sign into a busy intersection to turn left and stopped in the middle of the road. So so made an unsafe you know, move out into the middle of the road, but instead of continuing doing the turn, just stopped right in the middle of two lanes of oncoming traffic. So not your fault. But, you know, you're not anticipating that somebody's going to run into a busy street from a side street without looking and then stop in the middle of the road. Yeah. Another time, being in the number three lane, where three lanes are going straight, and a car from the number two lane, last minute, decides to turn right across a full moving mm-hmm. line, of, line of traffic. And that was not my fault, but a serious learning experience where you go, oh, I won't approach intersections in that lane with a car that might potentially do that ever again. So though it wasn't my fault, I'm not going to put myself in that situation again without being right, you, extra, extra, extra cautious. cautious yeah. 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 You live and you learn. Yeah, so what mm-hmm. I tell people, like my recommendation for new riders is uh, take the courses. Absolutely. I, I don't know. I, I feel like if I had to be a new rider today, I think it's scarier today than before. I don't know why. I, I really don't know why. I don't know what... What that well, logic is? People do are it, on take cell phones. Cell phones, huh? Uh, no, you can definitely see in the side mirror all the time. Yeah, and like I have no problem. Thank you. Going right by their uh, window and just revving as hard as possible. I don't care. I don't care if it scares you. But why are you on your freaking phone? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's cell phones. It's it cell is. phones I because think that's uh, the only thing that's really. It changed. used to just be radios. It used to just yeah. be changing the radio station yeah. or looking for a song or eating a hamburger or, or eating a hamburger. But now it's everybody has a dinging, buzzing. Yeah, they're very thing distra- that is their tap, <laughs> and they also have these infotainment screens in their car, and oh, they're yeah. paying attention. I've seen that actually while I'm riding. Yeah, people are tapping the screen on their car. Yeah. And, you know, this is just something we have to deal with. But I, I but it's our responsibility to, like I said, to, to create that space bubble and 100%. escape route because we should expect that all drivers are trying to kill us all the time. Right, yeah. right. That, and, and, and I always tell people, uh, uh, my other piece of advice is uh, ride aggressive. Defensively like ride aggressive. Defensively aggressive. But don't go over your motorcycle's limit. Don't go over your limit. No, you're yeah. never riding your outside your of your ability. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it, your bike's limit too. Because, like, for yeah, example, yeah. I'll, I'll be splitting lanes at a high speed, and then there's people like catching up to me, and I'm like, this guy just doesn't have ABS. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? If there's, well, an I'm a Harley with then, a single disc front. Right. Exactly. Front so, disc. So, my, so my, your limitations. My braking and, is limited. It's right. not that it's bad. And you still got a pump, you know, if you're gonna brake. Yeah, know, but I don't have ABS, and you know, I. I'm on a big heavy bike. You can, you can lock your front tire. You can yeah, lock your and I, tire. I and so, so the, and the thing is, and until you've like as a new rider really pushed the limits of like say your brakes for an example, it's I know exactly hey, how hey, to hey, progressively hey. brake and yeah. and and use that front brake and not lock it up. But it took me locking it up and going down to learn that. And until yeah. sometimes you have those things, you don't know. 
Because there's that threshold with breaking, you know, where all of a sudden you're there and then it's gone. Right. There's not, it's like a thing. And, and a new writer doesn't know that. Oh, they'll, and there's they'll, a million, shit there's a pants. million lessons like that. Right. That as Experience. a seasoned writer gets, yeah, and I, it takes almost killing yourself a bunch of times oh, and yeah. surviving to learn those lessons. And so you really worry about other writers unless they're really, I mean, I've been writing for 20 years. I still weekly write, watch multiple, multiple videos on how to be a better performance writer. I'm still training to be That's a better writer. That's very impressive, it's, bro. It's not that I've, oh, I've been writing for 20 years. I don't need to learn. No, I still need to know, understand and ingrain myself in the mechanics and the physics of how all bikes work, how my bike works and all those things. And, and I don't suggest riding a motorcycle to anybody that isn't willing to do that. One thing I did learn and I do appreciate from, uh, used to be the host of DGR, Sam Bendel. He took a course at the Supermoto. After that, Supermoto is amazing. Yeah, he recommended to everyone. He's like, I'm taking this to the streets now. Like, I learned so much about turns and this. That's and that. what all the racers are training with is Supermoto yeah. yeah. these days. And, is and he said, I'm gonna Brian's everything I learned. I'm putting it on the street now. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, this was like maybe it's just more functional. Yeah, the two type three of years writing. ago. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take that course one day. I still haven't, but I want to. Oh, yeah, all bikes are too. the same, whether they're a bagger or a dirt bike or whatever. In terms of like. The way the weight distribution works when you hit the front brake and the way the back brake works and different things like that. The physics don't change. The bike may be a little bit different and you have to adapt. But a front brake is a front brake and a rear brake is a rear brake. And a lean angle and pressure on the tire at an angle is constant. Whether you're on, a like I said, a scrambler, a dirt bike, a Harley, a street bike they just have different thresholds yeah I, I guess the biggest difference of what you feel between different bikes is is at low speeds mm-hmm. that's the only time you feel like the actual weight or yeah. your rake is too far out and you can't get that turn like no, the big wide back tire <laughs> that that bagger that i had for a minute yeah <laughs> trying to ride it was like top heavy and just trying to split lanes around the city was fucking awful so bad yeah, but that but that that's because it was that that bag. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I swear I I did my DMV test on my street glide, no problem. I I like a fucking crowd. Like, have you gonna... seen those cop competitions? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, there's, I, I there's had actually courses on it. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, they low, do it in Hawthorne. They're throttle yeah. control. Those guys, I hats off. Those are the those are the best. Uh, yeah, low hold, speed. Hold my beer. Ever. Hold my beer. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, some of the guys that are in our chat. Have done that course, really? Yeah, that yeah. course is awesome. Yeah, Franco, actually, Franco. Yeah, uh, Franco. With, yeah, what's uh, on the podcast? Yeah, they just push that thing around. Yeah, I, I had, yeah. I had, you, you would, um, you would enjoy that episode. I had a detective Quinn Redeker. He's a rodeo uh, police bike rider, like does the stunts. He was number one in the globe. Like oh, he would wow. go to Europe and do challenges. This guy's fucking. He does the K sixteen hundred BMWs with front tire Willie. Like, badass. Anyways, the reason I'm saying you would like that podcast is because he talks about, like, the. I'm going to use romance, but he talks about the romance of riding bikes back in the 70s and 80s and what it was to ride your bike over the fucking into Santa Monica or Malibu because he lived in the San Fernando Valley. And, like, oh, just yeah. the, the story of... You know, meeting up some girls at the beach and just fucking playing Stalled volleyball, down. coming back cold over the fucking canyons. Oh, like, this is my life. It, it was, the, yeah. yeah, no, no, that, that's why I'm saying you would appreciate that episode because 
we do talk about the craziest police chase he ever had on a bike, you know, which was like he was chasing somebody and then that person was like, ah, running away. And then they fucking busted a U and coming straight at him. And he's like, what the fuck? So there's a lot of fun aspects like that. But uh, but that San Fernando Valley of like, he's like, Robert, you don't understand, man. You grab a rock, throw it on any garage door, and there was a dirt bike in there. You know, there was And isn't, isn't that, but that's what I think people love, Harleys and these rough, crude, they're not technologically advanced in any way, but they smell like gas, you smell the oil, you feel the vibration. All the carbureted motors. And all, yeah. all, all, that, all that stuff gets lost, you know, in, in new bikes, and there's always going to be a, a nostalgic craving for that, I think. And yeah. There that was that being age. said, that new Pan America, I think they got it right. Yeah, I, well, there's I, a I lot want going almost, on almost. They, I haven't ridden one, but it looks sounds amazing. The, here's the comparison I heard. So BMW just released the the R18. Is it the one that looks like the Street Glide? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just brought out a Street Glide slash Road Glide type of motorcycle, and they're calling that right now like a 80 percent finished product. Like they need Not the one, one with the big ugly motor. It has the big ugly motor, but if you see the one that they has the fairing that looks uh-huh. more like the street glide, it, it looks fucking yeah. sexier. It's but a nice looking bike. It, it's yeah. it's sexy, and for the price, honestly, I think it's 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 more value than Harley because it's the same price as the Harley, but you got to change everything on the Harley. But the the positioning and the bars and there's a lot that's like it's not ready. The Pan America, on the other hand, for entering this new industry, they're saying it's a 95 percent finished bike. So they did a fucking home run. It's great, but I still think they need like two more years. It still leaps and bounds ahead for Harley. You know, I mean, every yeah. Well, and normally when Harley tries to do something new, it's a flop. Yeah, they hated the V Rod. They, you know, they they hate on all the, you know, the Live Wire is a cool bike, but for Harley it was a failure. Now it's its its own company. You know, Harley riders have a really hard time attaching to something that isn't a air cooled air cooled V twin or whatever. And that's the same same. They reject the new Sportster and Nightster, even though great handling bike, awesome bike. Yeah, but the adventure bike thing is such a. They've done scramblers and you know flat track type bikes and different things like that or rat bikes that people have adapted Harleys. But never quite, not in the adventure market. And I think they did a really oh, the, good job of a completely new market with a really well thought out, dialed in. I'm so I'm sad that they didn't bring the Bronx out. I was actually excited about that. Mm-hmm. It was so good. It is what it is. <laughs> you keep it that way. My no, no, no. I, I think it's great. It's just because no, I've never had the camera there. No, but my best angle is this is my best angle. That's your best angle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just behind the lens. Do you edit video? Uh, I, I started to, yeah. Yeah, I'm just set up your phone to... Just to do the opposite yeah, side yeah. and just cut it in, yeah. Two cameras, A and B. Yeah, I, I wanted to do that. It's just, it's just fuck, man. Like, it's too look, much, here's, it's the, here's too much the stats, work. man. Everybody starts a podcast. 90% of people fall off after three episodes. Another 90% or the next 90% fell off, stop doing it after 20 episodes. So one of the reasons I rank so high is just because of the consistency aspects. If you really how, think how about often it. do you do your podcast? I right now I'm, I, I've been doing a lot, man. I'm almost I think on average I probably get like one every three to four days. That's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah, I'm inspired. So I actually, I, I I enjoy this format, and I would love not that this is bullshit, but I would love to bullshit with my friends who are interesting 
and record it and make a thing out. Like I was like, this is so fun and so cool. It, it's so fun. Format. It's so cool. I, I mean, I've, I've done this, you know, fucking drinking and getting drunk. And I don't know if you guys know Fast Life Garage. Uh, there, they, they have a big, um, podcast. They have like three, 400 episodes. He's a painter. He's an artist and he's a podcaster. And one day he called me up. He's like, I'm in LA. He's from Texas. He's like, I'm from LA. I'm, he's I'm in LA. I'm leaving tomorrow. Want to do a podcast? I was like, yeah, what time can you make? He's like 12 AM. I go, let's do it. And we were here for four hours fucking just drinking and, and there was weed on the table. It was so fucking crazy. But it's like, you don't know where it's Why going. is ours so lame? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but it's like. It's the first one. Yeah, it's the first one, you know. But it's, uh, yeah. His you you don't want to turn me out? I get that yeah. this is my first podcast. Like, we oh, don't want to freak me out. Trust me, dude. I had this, so many people hit me. This water is really nice. Thank you. <laughs> I told you, yeah. if you guys want beer or Chivas, do you guys want a drink? I'll, you know what? I'll take one. Why not? You take a beer? Yeah. Those beers? No. Just Alkaline beers. Yeah. I'm a tequila only guy. It's I got a long ride to Orange County after this. Yeah, you do. I was, I, actually, I'm sober. You're, you're I used to be tequila. I'm whiskey. However, I'm whiskey. I I my new oh thank you but no thank you fuck. <laughs> that's that's the rocks. Uh, now you're playing with my emotions. Uh, let me see. I am addicted to my new favorite drink. Is at a good bar is a whiskey sour with egg white. Oh yeah, that's I used to make those especially all especially on like I've noticed like like going to bike shed and that's it's hot right. and being uh, hot like motors off being on the motorcycle, mm-hmm. those things go down so well. Yeah, it's smooth. Man. One thing I miss is beer. That's for sure. I've never drank a beer in my life. I had a buddy really? mine, bulletproof well, welder. He made this for me. Oh right yeah, that's cool. You know bulletproof that welder. Guy does. He has like one of the baddest diners in the world right now. Right, right, right. Yeah, I've seen his stuff. May I take a look at that? Here. Yeah. Oh, I like Got it. I don't think it's like a weapon. Yeah. You break your own hand with it. You crack all the all the, <laughs> yeah, the whole all inside. the bones from the inside. That's Thank cool you. though. That's a good little thought. Oh, that's awesome. I love little personalized, cool little things. Stay with you. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? What are we missing? We we're talking bikes. Okay, uh, you you're you Josh, to you real quick. So, so you know the spots to eat. So may I ask? Uh, top five burgers. I was gonna say top well, no. top top five burgers. Well, I can go for a few of them. One that's that I've been craving lately is actually Moose Craft Barbecue. Um, has an excellent burger that's made out of I believe they're brisket trimmings. It's a smoked burger. It's amazing. Oh, Mouth watering. Yeah. I haven't ate shit all day, man. <laughs> no, I'm so hungry. I'm, I'm with you on you that one. You just fucked me right there. Like nothing. Like yeah. it's a solid burger. Um, there, I believe. Oh, geez, just east of downtown. I forgot the name of it, but no, and one in Santa Monica that just opened up is Heavy Handed. They do a brisket uh, burger with. I'm sorry. Short rib burger with Chuck, and it's on the Martin's potato roll. It's a smash burger, but not like crazy thin. Um, they've got their own like house sauce, which is kind of like a Thousand Island with a kick, with a kick. And they do uh, their fries are cooked in beef tallow. So oh. that's a, yeah, Heavy Handed's an amazing. Mm-hmm. Where is that place? Uh, heavy Handed is in Santa Monica on Main Street. Okay. Uh, what about it's in, in the, the valley? valley? In the valley, gosh, I don't eat out here too much, but um, 
It's funny. I have to actually refer back to my Instagram feed mm. to find places. Um, and no one Pasadena. There's Hap. I believe it's Hapsburgers. He pops up in the evenings at a brewery, I think, in Pasadena. And he does a really good smash burger, too. Have you been to the burger place off of a... It's old-timer spot, Oxnard, near all the shops. The, I think it's... I think it's called like Bob's or something. The old timer guy that will not let oh, you. Oh, Bob's sub- Burgers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he won't let you substitute anything. But grumpy old guy. Yeah, that's, grumpy, that's a grumpy great old classic guy. burger. It's a great spot. It's You cannot substitute anything, but the, the burgers are amazing. Yeah, it's solid. There's another one that I'm in love with uh, in Pasadena called Pie and Burger. Okay. It's, it's really old school, comparable to like the Apple Pan in West LA. And it's just, it's. Kind of, it tastes kind of like an In-N-Out burger, but you get a quarter pound patty, and they have excellent pie as well. Mm. Really good stuff. Great mm. old school place. Like hasn't changed since they opened, except for the prices, of course. Uh, another yeah. good classic burger spot that I just thought of is because uh, I haven't thought about all these things, but you know, all these places are new, and Smash Burgers is this new thing. But uh, Pache, old school Hollywood restaurant on Laurel in the middle of Laurel Canyon. Mm where the country market is and stuff, they have... Pachem. P, it's like P-A-C-E, Pace is like how it's spelled. You mean just it. like a mile above sunset? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. They've always had a really incredible burger. Actually, to be honest, I don't know if they're still open after the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a while. But, but back in the day, I was just racking my brain. I was thinking for it. that is a really good classic like restaurant burger. Yeah, mm. I get you. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so... I, I did this thing, which I got to make a video that I want to do. But in and out what I do is I get the fuck, fuck, my mouth's watering and shit. I get the in and out burger, and I bring it home. So what I'll do is I'll do like a three-by-three, three, but no tomato, no lettuce, just grilled onions, and add the chilies. And I'll bring it home, and I'll put it in my air fryer for two minutes. Dude, the texture of the bread and the crispiness, it's so fucking good. Next time, next time, bring it home, add some really nice avocado to it, and then yeah. take a picture. Uh, oh, just, hold on. You do that just to fuck with people on social media. <laughs> yeah. No, next time, put some peppers. For all you guys, put my fucking peppers on, on your burger. Oh, oh dude, those, 100%. I'm telling you, I would up in, so we're based out of the Pacific Northwest. Every high end, top rated pizza shop, deli, Burger spot carries Mama Lil's. They know what's up. Like chefs, it's and it's the quickest, fastest way to make. I, I, I might have to pop. rob some. I was going to ask too. if you have some Tupperware because I'm not going to. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. told him I'm not going to use all of it for the chili. Take yeah, some yeah. out for yourself. Yeah. I, I'll, de- I'll definitely fucking do that because I might do the fucking in and out air fryer and add the pip. You know. And yeah, you know, shameless plug. You know, anybody who's listening who appreciates, you know, good spicy things, and it doesn't blow out your palate or whatnot. Oh, I love um, spicy. Doesn't matter. It may not be at your local grocery store, wherever you are, but MamaLills.com. You can order six pack cases and stuff. All our products are available there, and we're also at MamaLills Peppers on Instagram. Um, so uh, Al Roker from Good Morning America did a big special on us years ago. Fucking nice. awesome! Um, man. And we've been featured on a few other things on Food Channel and Food Network. But anyways, get yourself some Mama Lills because you can literally put it on. It's it's easier for me to tell you what you can't use it with than to say what it, you can put it on. It's yeah. really great on everything. excellent on ice cream. <laughs> it is, actually, we had a guy Good, make sweet. in the office make a flourless chocolate cake with 
the peppers and it was awesome you know oh wow yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i bet i'll blend yeah, it a, in. like a spicy chocolate cake and it was look uh, awesome. i really appreciate it. he just followed your just company followed, yeah. thank you that's fucking that. awesome i'll yeah. do the same thing yeah. uh and, and that's actually a new thing that I did. I just launched my website, rideboundless.net. That's where Eric went on and booked to be on the podcast. So that's where I, I you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, it sends out the emails and it, everything's automated. But there's a shop there and then there's a members area that if you guys can want to log in, mm-hmm. I'm going to start building up. And then if you want to promote your brands or your books Absolutely. or anything, you know, and like if you want to offer a discount to that community of the podcast, yeah. it, it would be huge. But you don't have to. No, but, I, I'll, but the I'll, idea I'll is set up, I'll set up a, like a you know ten percent off discount code or whatever. Yeah, and exactly. So and so you could you could sign up as a so instead of doing a Facebook group, you know, I I, I want to control it. Obviously, it benefits the podcast yeah. having it done through the website. But you can log in with your Facebook or your Gmail. But anything that has to do with motorcycles or the podcast or that you want to promote. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, you know. Awesome. I'm, I'm the one approving everything, yeah. and I want to build this little community of like fucking helping, you know, businesses out, mm-hmm. helping share ideas, helping and that, social media, whatever the case is. That's a great thing, and I think that's what's the, like we talked about is the sense of community in the motorcycle world. Is we all seem we're all kind of these like solo creatures because you know we all have this thing where we like to ride by ourselves and this and that, but we also do have this special community that. We, we share we share with each other. That's yeah. I'm, I'm, super I'm, cool. I'm laughing because what makes it awesome is we can meet up for a weekend. Like, hey, guys, let's go fucking ride, right? And as we meet, we're drinking coffee. I'm like, hey, what's up, Eric, Josh, Daniel, what's up? What's up? And then I'm like, fuck, I don't want to talk no more. I'm tired of talking. Let's go ride, guys. You put on your helmet. You don't have to talk to anybody. And you're like, fuck it. No, it's all but there's the camaraderie. Signals, and you can feel, yeah, this just fucking... and you feel the presence. Like, you know, riding by yourself is fun. But it's also like no, you just have having that one or two person with you. And you're, you're kind of like, trading I, off. Yeah, I definitely noticed he checked his mirror a couple of times to see if I was still behind. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm always here. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it hurts my neck because those mirrors are underneath my handlebars yeah. and they don't work. I've yeah. got the cargo system the on my helmet, and I'm never going to connect it to anybody else's car. No, that shit is cool. That I shit is cool. Sometimes you talk shit. I never have one. You would love it because, you know, well, we're, we're, we're kind of, we're the same age, you know, I'm guessing, because 20 years of riding and stuff. Like, that fucking thing, I feel like a fucking stormtrooper, and I'm reading into people's brains and stuff. <laughs> I'm like, Josh, watch out behind you, bro, or you got something on your tire. Or like, Dude, you know, that would work. Like, yeah, like you know, it. there's a fuck. There, watch out, there's a Prius. You know, like. I just <laughs> got one this last year. I actually own a Prius. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's the third time I'm that's that happened. Yeah. It's the third time it's happened to me, like, we went in and, this month. And it's <laughs> actually true. The minute I got the Prius, I became a horrible driver. Yeah, I believe yeah. it. I yep. believe it, man. My, uh, <laughs> my good buddy, we went and did the Indian motorcycle demo days down in Orange County. Uh, two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago. Yeah. And he's my only other buddy that has the same, you know, uh, Cena. Yeah, I have a few other guys, but we've never connected. But uh, when him and I ride, we connect on that. And it was as we were doing the demo, which is super boring because you're, you know, you're, do, you're testing these bikes, but you're with some noobs and a group of people and, and you're, you're getting so led you're not allowed yeah. to do whatever. Yeah. But we got to talk shit the whole time about everybody <laughs> around us and what was going on. And it made that whole like trying out new bikes for us. It's amazing. So much more fun. And um, yeah, being able to, and also with a passenger on the back, like you have your girlfriend on the back of the bike and you both, instead of going like, you doing okay back there? And she's like, huh? Right, like, yeah, right, and you're right. like thumbs up. It's like all of a sudden you're listening well, to music together at the same time, and yeah. then, 
and then all and then when you talk it cuts it out it's yeah it really is an experience that I'm like, all of a sudden I'm getting to it's listen to my music, you, but when I need to talk to my friends, say, hey, we're pulling off here. We're turning here. Because think about how many times you're on a group ride with just a couple of people and somebody gets stuck at a light or somebody yeah. misses the turn. You have to go around. What are we going to do? And then you're like, fuck, I got to get off and text them and call them and this and that. Yeah. That you're no just service. You're just like, like hey, go. we're pulled up right up the street. Come and meet us. It is. I love that shit. Tell me That's, you got to test drive that FTR there. Yeah. I oh. did. I tried, but it was like six six rides out, and I would have had to wait like three hours. So wait, I did the when challenger. Did you, when did you try it? That bike two I, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. But I, I want to ride the after. So I got very lucky with Tina. I tried it before it was even on the market. Oh my god, that thing like had a, a sketchy clutch. It wanted to pop second gear. It wanted to lift. They're like, they're still but it has coming. a wheelie bar on the back stock. Have you noticed that? It has no. this ugly, the license plate holder. That's like not metal. a wheelie bar. No, wheelie that's, bar in terms of it prevents bar. you from doing wheelies. Like, it sucks. Like, <laughs> it's like the first thing you'd fucking cut off your bike. Right. Yeah, that bike. Like, the live wire has that. Yeah, it's I fucking hate that. Oh, yeah. Stupid. Is that what it was? Is that, well, that, that it's an anti-wheelie bar is what I should have That's retarded. Well, the live wire in Amalgam. I can't say retarded. I do appreciate that. Like, <laughs> they, they're getting designers to, like, redo the bike. Because uh, they did a launch, I think, about a month ago with a designer. Like, he redid the bike, and it looks gorgeous. The, the FTR? No, no, no. I'm talking about the live wire. Oh, the live wire. Okay. No, no, no. Oh, and you guys just made me thought. I just thought, think about. Uh, I just watched a video the other day. There's a new, you know, Suron. They make, uh, like, yeah, yeah. electric motor. Yeah, uh, like, like more like mountain bikes. They're yeah. kind of like, well, they have a new one that's like a full-size dirt bike. That's basically like a equivalent to like a 250 um, that is fast as hell. Oh, yeah. I and rips and it around. looks yeah. fucking awesome. I just those are like six, seven grand, right? That one is like like eight grand. But the, the mountain bike one that is still like a dirt bike, which is cool because you could take it to mountain bike trails. Yeah. And where you could never have a motorcycle. And that one starts at like four, forty five hundred. That mic sounds really fucking good, doesn't it? It does. It's I'm, not I'm, my I'm, I'm looking at the mics and stuff. No, your voice has nothing to fucking yeah. do with it. Exactly. <laughs> Calm the fuck down. Like when we take the headphones off, you sound. No, I'm just kidding. No, but that mic is, is actually performing. I really sound like this, really. boy. <laughs> so what is that mic? Uh, that's a that's a Shore fifty. Uh, yeah, yeah. FF50. And these are these are the most popular. These are the uh, Roadcaster Pod mics. Okay. So like th this is all like that the whole fucking. What is it? These just have, I'm guessing, I can't hear it because I don't have headphones, but it probably has a lot of low end. Basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, like it, a boom. It, it's, it's really good. I mean, that's what I started with. I used to just take that and a portable recorder and just this, fucking. This mic so around since what I have to say is like yeah. what you were talking about, like you guys, we all get together. If I just met you at Bike Shed in the parking lot, oh, I like your bike, this and that. And that's one thing I love about the community. It's like all of a sudden we switch info. Yeah. Like, like I'm, it sounds weird, but it's not like I'm trying to hit on you, but like. Can I get your number? So like, we yeah, I want to see. I want to see me? your bike pics. I know. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. I want to. What's your Instagram? Yeah, that's the number one like thing. At, what's like, your you Instagram? Know? And that's like uh, the whole circle of like me writing this book is like all three of us barely got to meet you right now because of this. Yeah, and that's what I appreciate. We're forever bonded. Dun dun dun. And we're gonna go on a ride now. Yay. I love rides. <laughs> I love rides. It's so you, weird. You guys like rides too? Eric, yeah. will you plug my Moto Misfits uh, chat to this gentleman? Oh, yeah. His chat is absolutely amazing. Because like when we were talking about being kids, we're always kids no matter what. And 
it's funny on that chat, we'll have like real conversations here and there, but then there's times we uh, post videos of like, I think it was a gentleman riding a Harley and he had like a horse head on it and he was like doing this. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. And like, there was one that I posted, um, this sick ass, uh, plane going by a dirt bike. I saw that. And the guy was fucking touching that. Isn't it amazing? We all see the same thing. Yeah. That's how crazy social media is. That's that's what I love about like that group. There's no negativity. It's all positive. Like I talked about like, you know, the chili cook off. People are very nice on there going like, yeah, if I'm in town, I'll make it, you know, stuff like that. So I I appreciate, you know, the group that he has in that chat. That's awesome. So I'll explain this a little more. Yeah. Where is that chat? So, um, in my, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm a daily writer and I'm always like, I like riding by myself, but I'm always looking for people to ride with. But I have a lot of friends who have bikes, but aren't necessarily riders. They don't ride all the time. And so I wanted to create a small community amongst people I knew um, and bring them into one place. So when I want to go ride, I don't have to like put out a chat to 20 different or a message to 20 different people. So I started this group called Moto Misfits and um, it really is a group of misfits in that they're Ducati riders, Harley riders, Triumph riders. I mean, everything in between guys and girls. And it's this really, I try to keep the memes to a minimum, but they are part of it or whatever. But really, it's just a way for people to say, hey, I'm about, I'm going to go hit the canyons today or who's riding this weekend. Is it a group chat? It's just a group yeah. chat. Oh, okay. But it's but it's turned into this like forum. Is, is it on WhatsApp or? Instagram. It's no, just it's on Instagram. Instagram. Like, I, like once you follow me oh. and then I just, I just have started adding people. I think we're around like 50, 50 people at this yeah. point. When I first met But you, it's all like local 40. LA riders and like... Here's a here's a great thing about it is, you know, occasionally, you know, unfortunately writers go down. But we have guys in the chat, you know, a couple guys like my buddy Luke, anytime somebody goes down, he sends them ramen, you know, while they're laid up at home to, you know, mm. make them feel better. Or um certain people, you know, they their brake switch goes out or some sort of bike issue. And well, so we got to get to the story of like a bunch of people that are all helping each the other. A gentleman out. that had an issue with his oil. There Oh, who yeah, the Triumph? Who yeah, who needed oil and he needed oil and you know and, and, and all of a sudden everybody jumps in and gives them like, resources on yeah because where he, and how he can get his bike home and this yeah and that. AutoZone and yeah, is that, open. That, that, that's go to Ralph's go to like you know Seven uh, Eleven it's, it's cheap shit it sucks but if you're just trying to get home just do it real quick one hundred percent and sometimes it's it's just a resource you know for you can I'm sure you could Google that stuff or whatever. But there's so many people on it that are willing to help and being a part well, of this Well, it, it, it's not only that. It's just it's just sometimes you get into a fucking situation, your your brain just farts, and you're yeah. just like... Or somebody's near you. Oh, my God, like, I need gas. I don't know where to get gas. And it's like... <laughs> like, And then yeah. after the situation, like, I'm going to walk my bike two blocks away, yeah. whatever the case is. And we is. go on really yeah, cool group Google it, But you don't think about it. So those group chats are really fucking yeah. important. And we actually get together and have these random groups of people who, you know, like, like we were talking about, you know, come from all walks of life and we get these hodgepodges of riders that go out and we ride around the city or up in the canyons or wherever we go. And, um, it's growing and it's been a really awesome experience that really just started out as a few people. And I'm happy to add you guys and stuff, but it's, it's for people who go, you know, I want to go for a ride this weekend, but I don't know where I want to ride, who's riding or this and that. It's just, you're instantly tapped into a really positive fun group of people there's no bullshit no hating no yeah guys trying to that's, you know 
Dude, do you have to Perfect. have a diner to be in the group? No, <laughs> you do. You do. I, I need people to eat with because I'm I'm oh, always going go. to eat. And it's like Are I you need, kidding me? That'd be perfect. All you, all you have to you do is so buy me a content. burger and I'll be your burger buddy. I got you. Buddy. Oh, he got me tacos once and. Oh. <laughs> Oh, it it's for your content, right? It's it's an expense. It's a write off. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I get kidding. a lot of food. I'm yeah. just, but no, I'd be, I'd be, I'm always like, what I said to you was more true about me than when I said all writers need a destination. Oh, yeah. For me, my destination usually is sunset. You know, somewhere, somewhere with a view, somewhere to just calm my mind. Do you have a sunset group? I should, right? You should. That'd be That'd actually be good name. Sunset Riders. <laughs> sunset Riders. And we make fucking like sunset patches and shit. <laughs> I think that's I'll br- dope. I'll bring the actually, I do too because riding off into the sunset. Oh, my God. I'll bring the blanket What's, and the bottle of wine. Yeah. Well, here, I'll, I'll put this for perspective. Only people that live in California, Oregon, Washington get to see the sunset over the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And How only us Californians get to ride almost year round. We yeah. take no, we, we no, we only get 10, uh, 12 months out of the year. Yeah, only, <laughs> only, only. Yeah, and then another thing is, um, oh ah, God, just had a brain fart. All for me. All right, so I need people to help. Let me <laughs> it's see. Like, sorry, babe. I, 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 I got a motorcycle date tonight. <laughs> I know, right? Who are you going out with? How yeah. dare you? Oh, oh but this, this is like Armenian food, dude. I do this like three times a week. Yeah, that was all for me. Yeah, no, I do this three times a week. I can help you out. My wife's Armenian, so like okay. we, they they do like kebab? huh? This is Masses kebab. Oh, I know Masses kebab. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I I love that fucking food. Well, as equally as I am excited meeting, but I'm down. Other- I, I would have gone 100. <laughs> percent Don't worry. I'm excited to be on my first podcast. Excited to meet a couple new riders, but also excited to meet a new food buddy as well to go ride motorcycles and get food with. Eric, I, 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 I gotta say, circle. I gotta say, cheers, man! Thank you for for contacting me. I, I am glad you guys all showed up. This is a true honor. Uh, cheers! Definitely. Um, we did two hours, oh. so I don't know if you guys know that, but we did an hour and fifty seven minutes, oh, which amazing. is fucking pretty amazing. Thank am you I to s- those who have maybe stuck around this long. <laughs> I know. Am I supposed to plug myself at some? Yeah, point? yeah, exactly. We're supposed to exactly. Do you didn't do that? God damn it! The Hangry Rider. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want to follow. Great name, Website, anything? No. No? It's mostly, mostly, it started off mostly on Instagram. Then that just TikTok takes more time, but you'll get more exposure on those other platforms. Yeah. yeah they're, they're all growing. Mm-hmm. But no, no. And then uh, just uh, one more time and then spell it. and It's the underscore hangry underscore rider. Awesome. You'll see a picture of a helmet with a, a hamburger. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You might as well get him. I'd love to be last. Okay. Let me uh, get the hold on. Let me get the camera on him. Oh because shit! I can use this as clips later. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my name is Daniel Bax. You can find my personal Instagram, which has a lot of motorcycle content. Uh, Bax Images, B A X I M A G E S, and uh, my pickled pepper company is called Mama Lil's Pickled Peppers. You see that jar right here? And the website is www.mamalils. M-A-M-A-L-I-L-S dot com. And our Instagram is at Mama Lil's Peppers. Uh, we also have a Facebook as well, which is probably just type in Mama Lil's Peppers. You'll find us. And I uh, hope you guys get a try it. And uh, two wheels down. Do, do you pick the peppers that you pickle? We do not pick them. Well, we... <laughs> so we're, we're a pretty big operation. We actually harvest around... 
a quarter million to a million pounds of peppers at a time. So oh, amazing. Uh, it's right. a it's a pretty big operation, and the agricultural business is tough. Let me tell you, there's all kinds of things that uh, come up here and there with weather and different things like that. Um, but yeah, it's too big to be a solo venture. So we mostly grow in the Yakima Valley up in the Pacific Northwest because it's an arid climate where it's hot during the day and cold at night, which makes for nice crunchy peppers. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's sometimes awesome. we grow in, in California and in Mexico when we have to or whatever, but. Oh gosh. Hatch chilies from New Mexico so Those are to die for. Mm-hmm. To finish off, I'm Eric Summers. You can find me on Instagram as Stylish Scrambler. And then the cookbook is on Instagram called Iron Fire Motorcyclist Cookbook. For the book itself, it's going to be Iron Fire The Motorcyclist Cookbook. 